Oh, what you? What are you saying? All you trekkies and TV addicts Don't mean to this, don't mean to bring static All your Klingons in the fucking house Grab your back street friend to get loud Bullet doors off hinges Grab you with the pinches And no, I didn't retire I snatch it off with the needle nose pliers Like it's really overhaul What you won't ever see before Riding in the glazing Like Lord King, you know what you're everyone it's rob from the so so scrutiny podcast and i got my co-host over there Corey stocks i hope the angels don't give up a lot of walks <laughs> which they did this good. weekend it's and then good. we have a guest today my aunt my second mom the awesome punk rock queen of orange county linda jemison i'm gonna say at the radisson <laughs> it's pretty close that's right? pretty good that's, that's a tough a- last name yeah. to do that's it a Fargo kind of thing, too. So you know. <laughs> At the Radisson? Oh, is it reasonable? Oh, yeah. The Radisson. Oh, is it reasonable? Oh, you betcha. <laughs> She's got that down because she lived in Wisconsin for a little bit. Hi, Dan. Duh, boy. Duh, aunt. That's what we do to each other. Of course. Uh, nice. And with my cousin, she's the girl, um, but she's not here today. But we'll have, it'd be fun to have her on, too. All of we're us. Gonna yeah. There's a lot of microphones. We're, we're going to do that at my house. Oh, yeah. We are going to do that. She has a couple cabins up in the mountains. Um, but thanks for coming on. Truly happy to be here. It's been we've been trying to do it for a minute, and we finally figured it out. Um, and I'm glad everyone's here. And we watched this little breakdown of the episode where uh, we all watched the the uh, Beastie Boys story, the documentary, which is on Apple Plus, um, which is directed by Spike Jones, who's a genius. And um, we're gonna get into, we're gonna dive into like our top three Beastie Boys songs. On top of that, I was I was kind of on board to do top three albums. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the songs is really good because you could do different generations and stuff. But I don't know. Uh, Lynn and I, from when I was, I don't know. Three? <laughs> but I remember vividly being in the doll hut, which we'll get into, blasting Paul Revere, the subwoofers, just you yeah. and I at like noon when you were getting set up and it's just helping you and rocking out. So Beastie Boys have been around in my life for a long time. Um, and then uh, then we're going to talk to Linda about her whole story because it's pretty amazing. Uh, Corey, what's up, man? Haven't seen you in a while. How you been? Good. Um, what you just, been up to? It kind of like prepping for the school year going back like digitally and everything. It's creeping um, up pretty fast, man. August is almost here. Yeah. Just trying to like last minute do some little, a little bit of like self training to like new programs and stuff like that, that I can use. So you guys are full um, digital for sure. I thought that's a for sure thing, right? Yeah. Well, for the time being, yeah. um, they'll let us know, you know, down the line. Um, I think it'll, it, it'll all depend on kind of like the, you know, statistics and everything, but, um, what else have I been doing? I've been really into watching horror movies. So we're working through like what all the, is new, though? <laughs> I know <laughs> it's all I watch, but, um, we, we worked through the nightmare series, like nightmare on Elm street. And oh, now nice. we're working on Chucky. Cause like. <laughs> My my wife hasn't seen any of them. We watched a series of that. 
now. Yeah, I think I think out. so. Yeah. yeah, and and then they we watched the new uh, Child's Play that had like a Aubrey Plaza in it or whatever. Um, and then that we, we were like, she was like, it was all right. And then I said, well, the old ones are super good. And little did I know while watching it, the voice was actually the dude who played um, Wormtail in Lord of the Rings. If you remember Wormtail. Lord of the Rings, wow. what, you know, the, is that? I don't know. That the, was, I'm pretty good like, at Lord of the Rings. I don't know that. This, you know, in the second movie, the guy that's like kind of snaky that like is whispering into the king's ear. Yeah, 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 that that is Chucky. Oh wow, (laughs) it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I know that actor. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's great. That's his name in Lord of the Rings is Wormtail. Yeah, Wormtail. His last name, whatever. Or Green, Green. uh, No, not Wormtail. That's Harry Potter. What am I talking (laughs) about? Fucking nerd. It's (laughs) getting your books messed up. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Let me find out what's his name. Oh my gosh. Um, All right. Well, yeah, it's it's something, something like that. Look it up because I'm curious because I like that actor. He's he's played some really creepy roles. He really gets that that role down. Um, I'll tell you what I've been up to. Um, You can uh, you can kind of see it on the Zoom, Corey. I don't know if our listeners, but. I'm bleach blonde right now, almost white hair on top. I don't know if I can't see it. I'm kind of blurry on the zoom. My beauty school beauty school dropout over here <laughs> has been bleaching my hair all day, and then after the podcast, we're gonna make it purple. That's awesome. Yeah, I, you know, it's been bored during quarantine. Been wanting to do this for a while, and I used to dye my hair all the time when I was younger. I think the last one I did was blue. Or my, I, I don't. I might have done. No, no, no. Sorry. Going into freshman year, I looked like Billy Joe Armstrong with <laughs> like bleach blonde on top, and then like the dark roots on top, and all the color guard thought I was so cute because I looked like Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> I killed it. Adorable. Um, but yeah, that was the last time I think in high school. And uh, but I had I've had blue, white yellow, orange. I remember I had orange because my mom fucked up on the bleach. And I was just like, yeah, that's all right. Whatever. We'll, we'll do orange. And then I remember when I was a punk rocker for Halloween one year, we did like green, green, but it was temporary. Yeah. It was that's temporary. awesome. I my sweet Linda's doll hut leather. I jacket. remember that. Custom, you showed me a custom, picture of that. One yeah. Of a kind yep. kids leather jacket with the big, uh, Linda's doll hut on the logo. Uh, Super cool. Linda, what are you um, up to? Well, I was going to interject here too that um, my mom, his Nana, lost her mind when she came home from a vacation when I was about 15. And I I put a bandana on my head and she's like, (laughs) what's going on there? And I pulled it off and I had a purple mohawk and she was not pleased. (laughs) We all, yeah, (laughs) we all have that story. (laughs) Yep. When she left, I think I had a rockabilly do, but when she came back, I was full blown punk rock. What color? color Oh my God. Uh, Just purple. That's it? it. Yeah. I didn't know that. She was choosing purple today. I didn't, I didn't know that. Nod to the ant. There you go. It is now. An homage. Um, what's, what's that guy's name, Corey? Uh, Brad Dorif. 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 And his cool. name is actually, I was close. It's just I had Harry Potter on the brain. It's Worm Tongue. Oh. Uh, okay. Like, because he, like, yeah. whispers in his ear and yeah. stuff. And, Creepy. Yeah, but he plays no, Chucky. Not, wait, that's the third one. Or is it both? It kind of, ble- he might be into both. I thought it was Two Towers, but. No. Yeah, whatever. I think, I think he's in both because <laughs> the. Storyline goes into the third one because the last one's Return of the King, and yeah, he's definitely in that one. I don't know, we're being nerds now. Okay, let's get into the episode. <laughs> okay. um, oh, yeah, he is in both. Yeah, boom. 
There you go. I'm a nerd too. All right. Let's review our big documentary that we watched. Um, Oh boy. Linda and I have been, been wanting to watch it for a long time and we wanted to watch it with the girl, Ashley, my cousin, but, uh, We'll watch it again with her. I'm down to definitely watch it again. Yeah. I own it. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, um, what year was it? 2020. So it came out this year, directed by Spike Jones and produced and written by, with him, with also Michael Diamond and Adam Horowitz, a.k.a. Mike D and Ad Rock. And unfortunately, of course, MCA was not there because uh, he passed away. Um, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, unfortunately. Um, what's his last name? What's his full? Yo, it's Yoch, 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 or whatever. Uh, Yoch, Y A Yoch. 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 There it is. Adam M C A Yoch. Yoch. Just want to make sure it's Yoch. Though, Yoch. With a K. Yoch. Even though it's C H. C H. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So it was like not what I was expecting, Corey. What like um, I know you're not like the biggest Beastie fan, Beastie Boys fan, like we are. <coughs> but um, what did you expect going into this? Well, I, like, I did, I grew up around the BC Boys, like, uh, my brother was really into them when we were younger, so okay. we had, like, all their CDs, like, all of them. I clearly remember, like, Hello Nasty being, you know, one of the the covers that I was like, oh, I'll listen to this CD. I'm pretty and sure my cool aunt over here, I think the one I had was a promotional one. It was. I, yeah. Yeah. That's so it was awesome. Like don't share with anyone <laughs> yeah. copy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. It, I, I always just like, I looked at them as kind of like the bridge between like almost any kind of music. Like they, they kind of like harness everything. And, um, I went into this expecting it to actually be like a documentary, like a film documentary, but like, it being like a live performance almost um, was really cool. Like I, I actually I've never seen anything like this one, and it's That's it's exactly, really good. It's exactly what I was picturing too. Yeah. Um, I I knew about it coming out, but I, and I I thought I, I saw like a, a trailer and stuff, but I thought it was like gonna be like a Talking Head interview a full documentary and it was kind of like, Whoa, okay. These guys are performing again on stage and, yeah. knowing, and knowing Spike Jones. I know he like was like, Hey guys, we're going to do documentary, but we're going to do something completely different. He's and hilarious. I know Linda, you looked into, cause you knew this was a performance. You knew I did. Beforehand. I, I, I don't know how, maybe I heard a review somewhere. And I, so when I saw it, I knew what they were going to be doing, but what they did and how they, um, I don't know. The whole thing was so amazing because it was almost unedited in a way, don't you think? Like yeah. They left some yeah. stuff in that was so funny that yeah. was, I don't but know. But at the I, same time, I love like that. We, but at the same time, yeah, I think it, it was planned. It was on purpose, but the not unedited purpose. things were planned. That's, but <laughs> yes. that's where Spike Jones like, had. Like maybe right. they. Go. Maybe they messed up on it like one night and was like, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it again. That, that could be it. Yeah. That's a good, right. that's a good thought there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then this, this toured. Kind of around a few cities, right? Well, I think it was, uh, they might have done it, I don't know, but they did that book tour where it was live like that on stage and they talked about the book and they told stories. So maybe that's how the documentary maybe came about was 
when they were out. We tried to get tickets for that, and boy, it sold out in seconds. Yeah. Like, I yeah. do have the book. My awesome aunt, again, got me my book. It's uh, it's dense. I I pick <laughs> at it every once in a while, but it's it's a really thick book. It's got amazing pictures in it. It's got like a cookbook in it, yeah, randomly. Yeah, recipes in there. Recipes. That's cool. Like, put everything they thought <laughs> in there. very funny. And it's got even, like, some pages are, like, thicker and thinner than others. Like, they really went like they made sure that thing was perfect that they before they put it out mm-hmm. yeah yeah every time i'm taking a poop i check it i check it out that's it instagram what are the beastie boys doing today um so but let's kind it, of what's good it, yeah it um it, it was really cool to watch it it reminded me of like the process of building a band like of of uh getting the guys together and jamming and like playing and then everybody kind of moves on and does their own thing so you jump into another band and um it just it it was really authentic and i think that the authenticity like is what got me like the end i was all emotional i'm like i'm all emotional right now i can't like how am i <laughs> yeah if you don't tear up at yeah. least once yeah. during this come on yeah come on you have you for have sure emotions. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's a great point because, I mean, we kind of knew the story of them growing up like in New York and being kind of a punk band and, you know, these, but we didn't really know, know the story. So it was kind of cool looking back and they would name these, you know, real people. I forget the woman's name. Kate. Kate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, That was was drummer. And that was cool that they kept, you know, bringing her up and it was kind of a nice poetic ending at the end that they were able to like sign her band right. later in the day yeah. later. Um, I mean, uh, there's not much to spoil. Like, I don't want to give too much away. You know what I mean? Like, is there, I do <laughs> what <clears throat> I mean? Well, I think what, what Def Jam, what happened with Def Jam? That yeah. was surprising. That was yeah. a big I had deal. No idea. I, there's a, there's a good point. Like, like little stories that were like, Oh wow. I did not know that. So right. that's a good one. How Def Jam, We'll just leave it to that. Did, did something to them, because um, yeah, I, I respect the fuck out of Rick Rubin. I mean, yeah, he, he's legendary. He yeah. yeah, and but after this, I kind of have a new feeling. But I've never really liked <laughs> Russell Simmons. Like that yeah. guy with these. Did you know about the the Me Too movement against him? Did you hear about I that? I did not. I didn't. Yeah, what, I was telling Linda about this earlier. There was a documentary that was supposed to come out. It did come out on HBO um, right when COVID hit, and it was all about he got exposed by a, a bunch of women, and they all were all coming oh, forward man. and being interviewed. But it got buried by mm. COVID, Ugh. and then he fled to some like crazy country like Guatemala or something <laughs> crazy. And so, well, yeah, it shows his integrity. <laughs> fuck, Ro- fuck Russell Simmons. Um, yeah, but Rick Rubin. Rick, you know, I, I, Honestly, like with him, it seems more of a business kind of thing. Um, he's all yeah. business. Like that guy knows business and they were all in high and out. Cocaine. I mean, yep, the clips of Rick Rubin on the street, like, these guys are huge. Yeah. Like, dude, and now we're off to out. Studio 54. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no drugs happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's. So it you know starts with them in New York and dealing with Death Jam and then having to deal with them and then um, them having to like rebrand themselves from this frat boy party thing because it was all about uh, yeah. part what is it uh, part, not party in the USA that's my Cyrus <laughs> yeah, uh, fight, fight for fight your right yeah. yeah. chugging beers and throwing so beer cans and, yeah. 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 No, and then they throw <laughs> beer cans on the stage yeah that's really yeah. funny too. Um, 
but yeah, the, the, but the live aspect too um, of them messing up and but also because like uh, the the shit what's killer shit what was it what was the thing they kept putting up oh, the animation weird shit crazy 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 shit, shit? crazy yeah. something that was I feel like a really deliberate fuck up that they were trying to build up because it, it finally had like a nice laugh yeah. at the end it was like a nice build up so that's totally Spike Jones you know, you know whose voice that was no. Bill Hader. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's funny. Was it that's crazy? Is that what they say? What is it they say? I don't remember yeah. now. Uh, crazy, so, shit. crazy shit. Yeah. Crazy shit. Crazy shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was Bill Hader. <laughs> wow. Did, and then did you watch after the credits when they had the uh, celebrities in the crowd? Yeah. Oh, that's g- so funny. <laughs> did we spoil that? No, we won't say, yeah, the, we won't say the actors, but you definitely should stay till the end yes. after the credit. It kind of forces you. There's no like yeah. secret ending. It kind of just flows right into the ending of these like BTS and like um, mess ups during the show and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Bloopers. What else? Uh, I mean, the music. Let's go through our screen scale. That'll help us. Um, yeah, we had, Linda, we had Linda do one. Um, so soundtrack. I mean, I gave it five across yeah. the boards. It's uh, Beastie Boys. Like, the, the music, <laughs> you know, was awesome. Yeah, there was a couple songs that I kind of wanted them to spend a little bit more time on. Like, they didn't even mention Paul Revere once. Well, no, they did. They, well, they played it, but they didn't really, like... It was there. Okay, but not as much as, like, girls. They spent a whole section on, like, being embarrassed about yeah. writing girls, which I think is funny. <laughs> do the laundry. <laughs> we yeah. love that song. I think most girls that love, love the Beastie it. Boys yeah. like that, they don't take offense to that it's song. Hilarious. Well, and then later, kind of protecting their asses a little yeah, bit. Yeah, later down the line, like I mean, they wrote a song about like feminism, oh, right? Yeah, that yeah. was uh, Yacht what's his name? Yep. Yeah, Yak. Yep, it was awesome. Uh, what else? Uh, scene selection. Which Corey? What did you give it around the music, the sound stuff? Oh, Pretty fives, high. like across the board, just. I think they pulled in the right songs at the right time. Um, the way they transitioned into the songs was like really cool. So they would be talking and then like the story would hit on a piece that related to the song mm-hmm. and it would start like the frat boy image thing. That was really cool. Oh yeah. I loved the, uh, we didn't figure out what the fourth image was, but it was a wrestler, a frat boy, a metal kid, and then something else that was like, <laughs> <laughs> the combo. Exactly <laughs> what the Beastie Boys. You, you remember what it was, Corey? I don't. If you know what I'm talking about, it was like the four yeah. images. Yeah. I think it was like a punker. Maybe. Because it was like kind of glam rock metal plus punk. I don't know. But it was definitely like when you saw those four images, it was like, yeah, that's, that's the Beastie it. Boys. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Uh, curious, Linda, you gave it four on quality and scene selection. Well, it was live, so it wasn't controlled ah. yeah. as far as, you know, that kind that's of stuff. That's where you're so, Okay, and, I see and, you on and, that. And, you know, the hiccups that maybe were on purpose. Yeah. Scene selections. They, not, not, it wasn't paced. Four still high. Professionally as it could have been, but maybe it was on purpose. So four. Um what about the that look? That makes sense, or, yeah. How do you feel about the look with the you know, the live I, stuff? This I gave it fours across the board. Just because there were a lot of moments when like there were some cool things like when they wheeled off uh Yoke's Yoke's creation or whatever, his oh, little the like tape thing, yeah. His <sighs> tape thing, they wheeled Amazing. it off, but they wheeled it off like with a camera. It looked really yes. cool. That, um, really that cool. kind of stuff was awesome because it's like you don't think about doing those things live. But then there were moments where it was just back 
and it, they were like tiny, like, and it would just like, it would sit there for a minute. And it was like this kind of awkward, like transition a little bit, but overall, like the light lighting was good. I liked the background images. Like that was a really good touch. Like the slideshow basically, mm-hmm. um, it looked very professional and very like movie like. So that was cool. Um, but I gave it four across the board for that. So did I. Linda did basically the same. Three on the lighting. Three on the lighting. All right. I hear you. Um, let's go on to the next thing. A- I mean, acting. I mean, this is a documentary, so it's, you know, how these people acted, quote unquote, on screen. I gave it pretty high marks, but they obviously, they weren't, as much as they have been on stage, they were looking at a prompter and being, they weren't good you know, like acting so much. Does that make sense? Yeah, but they were obviously like letting you know that they were reading oh, prompters. Yeah. So they yeah. weren't trying to pull it off. That's true. I think it's kind of funny. Like how you like at that emotional point where uh, he turned oh. him, Adam turned him and he goes, like, you have to read this. Like, yeah. And that was definitely an Adam and thing he was supposed to read. Mike D had to, had to take over. Because, and I love that, that that was very live and emotional, but it was red. But I think they had to have Adam was better because he's an actual actor. <laughs> and he's goofy. <laughs> goofy. Yeah. Mike D was a little, little more robotic a little yes. bit. But he it definitely, like, he was calling out. He knew how goofy he was yeah. on stage. Yeah. But um, the, yeah. Thing about, the thing about it is, like, going back to, like the, like, the really emotional parts and, like, how raw the performance was and stuff, in itself, the, the documentary is like punk rock it's very raw it felt like i was at a punk show like watching a punk band play just (laughs) without any of the doodads and gizmos dads putting on a keynote yeah for sure (laughs) it was super cool has worked with him so many times he and he himself i'm sure is a dad and is kind of getting up there um he and he knew exactly what this was going to be but yeah I, i still was we're, we're, I was talking to Linda about like the ideas that um, Spike probably had to like pitch to them. Like, um, I'm pretty sure he did the robot one, right? He did Intergalactic. I think Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. I think he did that one, and he did Sabotage. Uh, yeah, Sabotage. And yeah, a few others. But just, uh, just picturing, hey guys, I got this idea. <laughs> we're gonna have you in like construction outfits running around Japan. <laughs> And with a fisheye. And then on top of that, we're going to have uh, Godzilla-type things on top of that. And you're going to be scientists inside the robot. And they're that like, is very Spike. Sold. Let's go. And they were like, Spike yeah. Jones. And it worked. Let's do it. Uh, I mean, I who else? To, to kind of give you some background on Spike Jones, Spike yeah. Jones has done stuff like Jackass and works with those guys. And, like, he's very in, like, the punk and does tons of music videos. But, like super into the music movement like the punk rock music skate like all of that like world he's just this giant you know um in that world he's a punk rock nerd yeah, yeah. <laughs> he makes like the cool punk rock guys look cool because <laughs> he feels yeah them. i'm trying to find out do you guys remember what the name of the uh, quote-unquote uncle that <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you know what's funny is they kept referring to him and I actually started to like believe he was so a person. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I want to see Where is uncle? the Who actual is guy? guy? But it's just we won't freaking, spoil it. don't spoil it too much. Yeah. No, I won't, 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 but it was that was funny. Um Uncle uh, Nathan, can you pronounce Horn, it? Hornblower. 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 <laughs> Hornblower. <laughs> he is the genius behind Beastie Boys, for sure. Yeah. I think they'd all agree to that. Well, and we could agree that 
like you know yoke himself was the like genius of that band Kinda right was. like yeah absolutely <laughs> but at the same time none of them knew how to play their instruments at the beginning like none of them they all had like figure it out <laughs> yeah but they that, did <laughs> that blew me away like me too the idea that these guys who had never really picked up an instrument professionally picked it up and in a year got as good as they were, that's crazy. It, was, it wasn't like three albums in where Mike D was like, oh, I think I'm a musician. Finally now. feel like a musician. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, makes me feel like crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, they had the dream, man. Like living in that awesome mansion, getting... Yeah drunk and high all day partying with your friends <laughs> and then writing songs all day and the studio has a half pipe and a basketball court in it like <laughs> so great how do you get work done how'd they even like get all those cool songs out i don't even know uh god bless them um the writing kind of goes with what smike yeah. jones was uh doing with it i gave it kind of fives 4.5 there's a couple of things you know like the mess ups there's a couple yeah but uh quotability like the uh cra crazy shit and, you know, quotability <laughs> kind of goes into the lyrics. Too. Yeah. Like, there's so many lyrics into it. Uh, Linda gave it five, four, and two. Quotability, yeah, two. You know, I didn't find that much quotable in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just that one crazy thing. That's true. Crazy. That's true. Yeah. Corey? Um, I gave it, I actually gave the story like a five because it was like captivating. Very, yeah. very interesting. I love listening to them talk. They're just interesting dudes. Um, the setting... I gave a four just because I'm like, I would have liked to see this. You know, I wanted to see more, but I get, I get it. They were doing it on a stage. You know what I mean? It like, it makes sense. But, um, and then the quotability, I gave five just because of the, like the little <laughs> horn blower stuff and the like crazy, yeah, crazy, crazy shit, shit or whatever. Oh wait. Oh no, I don't have that um, reverb. Up. <laughs> but um, yeah, but uh, I, I think that the strongest part of this is their story. Like even as kids, they were storytellers. Like great storytellers. Like they run up to the camera and start like making crap up. Like <laughs> it just it it just makes so much sense why they got where they were because they were this new kind of identity and brand of like hip hop and punk like mixed. It's yeah. so crazy. Brand. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like it was branding before like branding was really a thing. Um, all right. Overall, I gave it a five overall. Linda gave it a four direction. Um, now we don't get the details. Let's get, let's just fast forward to the final score. What did you give it? Final Corey. I gave it a 95. Wow. Um, I'll definitely be rewatching it. it. And at the end, like both, I looked over at Liz and we both just like had tears in our <laughs> eyes and we're just like, oh my God, this is so touching. And like, I could relate to it a lot. I felt like, I feel like two major, like now that I've actually watched their story, two major artists, like I relate to music as a musician would have been like, you know, yoke. Cause I like, I, I get all these crazy ideas and I love like messing with stuff, but then Mac Miller, like, and there's even a song like a BC boy song that I'll mention later that actually, I swear the vocals sounded like Mac Miller. Like I was like, is that wait, that no, he wasn't even alive at this time. Tell, tell Lindo who Mac Miller is. Give a little back. He, Cause Corey loves Mac Miller. <laughs> Mac Miller is, he was a young rapper. He came out, he did kind of like that. 
that punk kid sort of like very hip hop of Beastie Boys. The, like, yeah, yeah. He, he wouldn't be around if it wasn't for the Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. kind of like Beastie Boys ish, but like he, but he had this spirit about him where he was super positive and just like a happy guy. He has a Aww. record called like the best day ever. Um, that's really good. He's kind that's of a, the uh, the parallel side of Eminem. Yeah, like he's he was like after Eminem, but interesting. Eminem's yeah. very angry, and I hate my family, and all. Oh, yeah. But Mac Miller's like, dude, everyone just have a good time, and we'll rap about yeah. it, and we'll sing songs, and it's like the totally opposite. But as he went, probably more into like his later albums. There's an album called The Divine Divine Feminine that like kind of like it. <laughs> It, it's it's a sexual album, but it's like it's celebrating it kind of like sexuality and Ooh, stuff like that. Oh, Rash would probably like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good, really good record. But he started to fuse like funk and like like jazz into his music, um, and got really big in like the black community and like started inviting like black musicians in to play with him and like. Um, Swimming came out. Swimming was after he got broken up with uh, by Ariana Grande because he was dating her. So it's this really Dude, tragic, like he's kind of, and that's probably not all that was going on, obviously. But like he had, he had a lot of weight. You can hear it on that record. And then he passed away because he died of an overdose. Oh. Um, and then posthumously, they released his final like work. They're like we. You We're know, we re- with it basically, almost. yeah, and they said we really hesitated on releasing this, but we know that, like, with Mac Miller's spirit, he would want you to hear it, even if it was half done. Like, but we're not, you know, we're not going to like do some huge promotion for it or anything. We're just going to put it out on vinyl and stuff. If you guys, you know, it would be an honor if you guys checked it out. You'd like and it. it's, it's, cool. it's beautiful too. that it's, record. It's not like the, it's not Beastie Boys, but no, it's in the vein of Beastie Boys. Like, yeah, he's got I some, would, I'm sure he's got some like pretty rocky, fun. He does. Yeah. Songs. Yeah. They're not all like jazzy chill. There's one that actually reminds me of girls on one of his earlier <laughs> records. It has that same like fast punk beat like but um (laughs) but i would say swimming and circles like those two records are just so well done um really good yeah i listen to them all the time check out mac miller i will check it out thank you yeah and Um, even eminem said like when when they broke up as a band when they announced they were breaking up like eminem said like they are the reason why I am here. They're one of the reasons why I'm here, like uh, where I am. So yeah, the white guy just per, like yeah. <laughs> putting that barrier down right away. That's hard to do in the black community mm-hmm. for sure. They got they got to respect the fuck out of you. Yeah, um, I gave it a 91. It's a pretty high too. Not not a 95. That's pretty high. Yeah. Um, but it is that good. Like I can argue yeah. that it is a 95. Um, Linda gave it an 82. Scrutiny. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, this is, for this sure. Is why, like I tell people, it's it's an interesting equation. You know what I mean? That it tell it you do you break it down and then you can figure out your total at the but end. But rewatchability, I gave it a five, and emotional impact, I gave it a five. So yeah, I, I'll own it. I'd watch it all the time because and I just I love those not, guys. Nothing's perfect. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like unless you're. I don't know, Citizen Kane or something. Even then, like that's the whole point. Yeah. (laughs) And I was telling Robert, I dreamt about them last night because of watching this. And 
in my dream, huh. I'm, I was hanging out with the two guys, and they had an office in a inside of a dam, so we could hear water running. <laughs> there's like a donut shop, and we're hanging out, and they're showing me all the new products they're going to put out under the Beastie Boys name. So how awesome to go to sleep and like hang out with the that's Beastie Boys. That's a good Boys. dream. Yeah, awesome. and that's that. It sounds like something they would do, I like know. live in a dam and <laughs> with a donut have a donut shop. shop. <laughs> While making music, probably. Yeah. And, and I also <laughs> want to say my, my mom, Nana, Robert's yes. Nana, watched majority of this with us. And she walked away really heartbroken and said, wow, the music industry is just so mean oh, yeah. and hard. And I'm like, well, yeah, mom, Robert and I have both been blasted by it. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of how it is. So. Mm-hmm. But she enjoyed it. I watched her tapping her foot. But what's funny, though, is as much as they got fucked over, they had a successful run. Yeah, uh, they won. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though they got fucked over a bunch, they had a good run. That's, they how, figured I'm, it out. that's how bad the music yeah. industry is. When you have a bad run, but it's still a good run. I'm so yep. thankful for, um, for, for bands like that, that, like, really had to struggle and, like, fail and get back up and do it. Because there's, like, overnight sensations now that... Like, I mean, you have Come Justin Bieber. I'm not going to, like, talk smack on him, but... <laughs> I kind of look like him right now. Yeah, right? I mean, he's... Sure he yeah, like he's... Blonde hair. <laughs> you know, he's an overnight guy. But. All right, let's get into our top three uh, Beastie Boys songs. But before we do that, oh, let's take we... a quick uh, break for our sponsor, which oh, would be you, unofficial, Bones Coffee. I totally um, skipped right over that. You won't yeah. have a bone to pick with this coffee. I still think I need this. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark that. You're gonna you're gonna get it. And, and they're gonna buy it from you. <laughs> yes. You, but, you drink, I'm not drinking any today, but I am wearing my shirt. I'm wearing my bones yeah. coffee shirt. What are you drinking over there? I am drinking um the uh what do you call it? Um barrel aged whiskey um coffee, which is delicious. It's super dark and like harsh, but I but like it a lot. Mm. I yeah, might have to I should steal something, you I might yeah, or I might have to like send one over or I, something. I went over a few weeks ago to grab some stuff from his house and I was like, hey, make me a cup while I'm there and I'll take it with me and I'll talk about it on the podcast. I thought it really had whiskey in it. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy. Strong. It's yeah, it's crazy. That well they use they like it. well, I think they use like uh, barrels that had whiskey in it mm-hmm. like so it like the, the in the barrel they kind of I don't know I'm guessing whatever maybe we should try <laughs> to interview them <laughs> let's reach but, out finally see if but, they can actually um, be our sponsor instead of our unofficial sponsor but I keep getting this ad on like before I do anything on YouTube that's a bones ad and oh, it's yeah. it's like Irish coffee. So they say you take the whiskey coffee and then you mix in a little bit of uh, like the Irish like Bailey's or something like that. Um, and then they sense. say it, it apparently so tastes made, really good. They made like a Bones coffee cocktail out of an yeah. Irish coffee. Oh, which would be delicious. Good on them to just go right into it. You know? Yeah. Um, good yeah, stuff. Bones coffee. Check them out. They're awesome. I got a, I still have a few, but there's a few flavors I still want. You want to get that Christmas stuff, right? Yes. Christmas and summer. That's a smart idea. <laughs> like they have like peppermint bark, um, gingerbread and like a few other ones. And I'm like, Oh, I got it. I need good. it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, good stuff. Bones coffee. Check them out. Unofficial right. sponsor. We have to say unofficial sponsor. They're not. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Beastie boys. Top three songs. Corey hit me with your top. Your number three. Um, we'll back, my number we'll three. Back and forth. My m- number three, and it's just because I remember taking the CD off the shelf and like 
I'm putting it in is uh, Body Moving. It's on Hello Nasty. Um, came out in 1998, but I just, I remember like as a little kid putting that on, I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> it's like so different. Um, Hello Nasty was, was one of my favorite BC Boys records. Which, probably let's, like, let's go into what was the like album that got you into the BC Boys? I would say, well, I hate to say it cause it's like, I, I'm sure it doesn't have like very good memories for them, but um, what do you call it? Uh, License to Ill. The first License one. to Ill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like they they still look fondly on it, but it's kind of kids yeah. can kind of listen to it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Is that, I mean, obviously that was your first. It's a pop record. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah. It's funny. It is. It's easy to listen to. It's yeah. It was a great record at the time. Highly produced, obviously polished, mm-hmm. yeah. lots of hits. So, I probably was my introduction, but I, I think the one that really got me into, into the Beastie Boys was Check Your Head. That one was the one where I was that's like, That's a good oh, one. These yeah. guys are not only just rappers, these guys are kind of punk rock and rock. And I think that was the one that kind of got into me. But Hello Nasty, that's another great one. Yeah, another great pop record. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the video uh, for Body Moving? Yeah, or for. Yeah, yeah, that one and Intergalactic. Oh, but. so good. I love that the the end result of Body Moving, the whole like spy thing, it's all leading up to it's a yeah. fondue <laughs> yeah. recipe. Then, all this leads up to that. I, so I, funny. I wonder, like speaking of their music videos, how much like the Foo Fighters were influenced by that oh. because the Foo Fighters had weird <laughs> videos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably sure they probably hung out a few times, yeah. right? A few festivals. Well, they mentioned the Foo Fighters in the documentary. Yeah, yeah so they did. One of the festivals that Adam put, or MCA put on. That's mm-hmm. right. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, they paved the road for so many of those Silly, bands. fun videos. Not only the rap road, but the rock road and mm-hmm. the pop road yeah. and the goofy road kind of thing. Like Lonely Island. Lonely Island would not be around if it wasn't for the Beastie Boys. For sure. Do you know who that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. body moving. That's a body good one. moving. All right, Linda. Uh, number three, going with Paul Revere. Nice. And nice. it's mainly because Robert and Ashley and I, the girl, can pretty much recite the entire thing. And yeah. if, if karaoke awesome. had that song, we would be able to. And we know all of our parts. Yes. We, yes. I'm MCA. She's Ad Rock, <laughs> and Ashley's uh, Mike, Mike D. D. Yep, that's so awesome. We all know our parts. <laughs> so that's just comes emotionally as a very fond memory of us singing that in the car together and having a good time. I, I, I'll, um, I'll say that was gonna be my one of my top three, and I'm glad you said it. Yes. So that's gonna be on yes. my top three. I saw the Beastie Boys live. Oh yeah, Ooh. Thank you fill for, in with that. There you go. Uh, when was uh, that? Check your head tour '92. Wow. Uh, they opened for Cypress Hill at the Irvine Meadows. Oh my and, gosh, I um, love Cypress Hill too. So it's like t- you're gonna laugh though. At the time, I thought I was gonna show up, and it was gonna be gangs and like scary. Yeah, because I didn't know Cypress, Cypress Hill. You know, they're they scary, can, right? Yeah, they can be. But I went with a friend of mine who's like a guy that's like my height and my weight, so I wasn't feeling that safe. But bless yeah. his heart, I love him. And uh, and we got there, and it was like yuppies. White kids, girls yeah. on dates with their boyfriends, or, or like nerds, <laughs> totally nerds. And uh, and they open. It was still light out, and uh, they open. I think, or one of the first few songs was one of their super hardcore punk rock songs, and it was like, "This is amazing." Wait, and then, who headlined? Cypress Hill. 
They Over opened. Beastie Boys. They opened. Remember, they were making their comeback oh, with that yeah. album. Oh, okay. And, that uh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And it was amazing. I left there just giddy. Yeah, Cypress we, Hill was pretty big back then. We back left then. before Cypress Hill played. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see the oh, Beastie Boys. Irvine Meadows. Oh, I yeah, missed that place. That was a good on. venue. So what what were you going to say? Sorry, I found it. Uh, it is. So what you what you want? <gasps> oh, yeah. That was a very... Rap rock quintessential song for Robert Maine at that's a good ninth one. grade. I mean that I think also I might have to blame Beastie Boys for me liking Limp Biscuit so much. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. They're they're the reason. That's why I love Limp Biscuit and they're the rock rap stuff that did it right in the for same sure. kind of time that I found Check Your Head. But yeah, what's what's what you want? It's so distorted, you can barely hear their vocals. It's all they they probably put their vocals through a guitar amp just to say they did. Um, yeah, that's what I want. Switch what you want. <laughs> that's Corey, a good one, though. Number two. Um, mine is Sabotage. Uh, <sighs> I just the opening riff to that. It it brings to mind when I first listened to Smells Like Teen Spirit and I heard those drums just butt butt but like the same idea but with bass like. How do you write something like that on bass? That's that. It's that just was a great part in the documentary too, where they yeah. just walked in and he was playing something and Adam, and, and Mike D's like, "What is that?" He's like, it's "Yeah, our song." It's like, "Oh, okay, let's go." <laughs> and it's just it that that song is so heavy. Like it's just it's it has so much element of just like aggression and I, I don't know that that was that's probably one of my favorite BC Boys songs. Just I mean, because. I'm pretty sure all wait. Paul Revere doesn't have a video, does it? It does in my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you have like say, one that you've always played. All the songs we're mentioning probably has a great video behind it, but yeah, Paul Revere doesn't have a video. Maybe we'll have to make one. But Sabotage, <laughs> I mean, I probably, that might, I mean, I don't know about you guys, that might be the most famous Beastie Boys video. Yeah. Next to Intergalactic, I think if you ask the most common person on Sidewalk, like, Beastie Boys, music video, go. Like, which one? They'd probably say Intergalactic or Sabotage, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a... It's a um, speaking of, like, hard rock, there's a great Cancer Bat version of Sabotage. Oh, I checked that out. You played that for me. Yeah. It's amazing. It's very... They did a really And the video good is hilarious. They do an homage <laughs> to the video where they're going to try to find the Beastie Boys to put in their video, but it's very sabotage And they're dressed like the Beastie Boys. Yeah. yeah that's great. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> it's very funny. I'm not the biggest fan of that band, but they did a very good job on yeah. that cover. Um, Linda, number two. Number two was Intergalactic. Oh, they're nice. Uh, I have to say that um, I revisited the song after the Star Trek movie started coming out. And the, yeah. Every movie had a Beastie Boys line. It was such a lovely surprise. I like. JJ's a fan. They're already, like, the Star Trek movies are already very dear to me because of my brother, Jamie, who passed away years ago. And he was a geek. And so Trekking. going to see these films was already very emotional. And then to have a Beastie Boy songs in there. I mean, yeah. and my nickname as a kid, my brother, Jamie, used to call me Beastie. So that was my... Before you knew who the Beastie Boys were? When I was five. Wow. Like 1969, wow. he called me Beastie, I think because he didn't like me, but, <laughs> but that was my nickname. Yeah, he didn't so, like anybody. So the, band, so the band like has a lot more meaning exactly. than because of yeah. that. Yeah. So to see that come out on film, like, you know, Sabotage obviously was the one in the first film, but, it, and it, you know, when he's driving the car and he's screaming and, you know, he's angry. Yeah. It was just so perfect. But, but Intergalactic, I think, was in the second film. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, just the, I can't even explain how much I love that song. And Galacta in the video was just over the top. They're Mind always, blowing. Yeah, and they talk about Mr. Spock in the song, you know, and the pinch. And I think that's so good. I think they won the Video Music Award for that. Oh, I'll look that up. Wow. <laughs> Um, and yeah. uh, well, well and there's what's the music video where they have like the uh, oh I think it actually is intergalactic when they have like the yellow like the kind of jumpsuit with like the helmet on yeah yes yeah so basically when the they're in the, 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 the robot lands on Earth and then those three guys get out of the robot to go like explore Earth while yeah. the <laughs> robot fights, fights the squid head squid guy <laughs> when while, they get yeah. yeah. When yeah, they the, go into the 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 subway station, <laughs> those you could tell like what the yeah, fuck are yeah you, doing? you could tell then, like everybody was like what the hell are they doing? And Robert was saying that they filmed it. There's a few videos they do it multiple times. That one I think they did the opposite. Okay. but a lot of videos it's a fisheye and it's kind of slow motion, but their mouth is in real time with the song, and it's probably a really quick song. Which means that they were playing the song twice the speed oh, while they were God. filming it. And I can't even imagine how fast you have to... Like, Beastie Boy songs yeah. are slow. I know. But yeah, they think Intergalactic one, they're more like fast. So right. they played that probably t- slower. Right. And yeah. sped it up. Half the speed and then Amazing. sped it up. Yeah. yeah. So but the, good. Yeah. The fact that they so good on that level. Um, good giggle. Yeah. They, uh, they won Intergalactic... Uh, Oh, it was a Grammy. They won their Grammy for Best Rap Performance by a duo or group for Intergalactic. And the album, uh, oh, Best Alternative Music Album. Interesting. Wow. Nice. The, the Hello Nasty. And then Music Awards. They yeah. fit well in that category. They in won that the Best category. Music Award for uh, Intergalactic and Sabotage. Nice. Didn't win it for, they didn't, uh, yeah, because that was the other famous thing on a, uh, uh, yeah, it was this one, the MTV Music Awards. Sabotage got nominated four times and then didn't win. And so, Uncle, Uncle what's his name? A hornblower. <laughs> oh, he went up went, on the stage. stage and talked shit right in front of REM. It was God. so great. I, I appreciate the REM guy. What's his name? Oh, he's got a lead guy. I don't know. He was like kind of like okay with it. He let him go up, and then yeah. when it's his term, he's like, what was, was that? that guy? He wasn't mad about it. He was just like, that was, was kind funny. of fun. That, yeah. You know, yeah. TV. <laughs> Uh, all right, Intergalactic. Um, I'm going to stick with uh, Check Your Head on my number two, and I'm going to go with Pass the Mic. Mm. That one is another quintessential one that Linda and Ashley and I, we literally passed the mic in the, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, your old Mercedes. Driving around in the Mercedes with the, the Merce- big speakers oh, in the back. She has yeah. some subwoofers that were fucking Ooh. kicking Oh, that's ass. fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one's just fun because it's, it's just them going back and forth, and they're calling each other out. Yeah. And the... Um, I think I'm getting what you what you want and pass the mic videos mixed up because they're kind of similar, aren't they? Are they like like both negative looking? I'll look it up because the the what you what you want one is the one that are in like the forest, right? I think so. I, it's been a while since I've watched their uh, videos. <laughs> you could have like a whole like movie day watching their. I have. You know. I did that recently. Yeah, actually. See, yeah. Which one is in the forest? Right. And it's kind of like negative looking. Um, I actually have a really cool DVD of um, all of the. It was before they put out like their last record with that really great video we were watching earlier with like Will Ferrell and um, uh, Seth Rogen. Have you seen that, Corey? I have not. Dude. Oh. You got to watch this. Go on YouTube and um, we'll pass the mic. It's not It's not the one I was thinking of. I think it's just them goofing around. Um, 
Which is most of their videos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. I'm explaining it there, Robert. Oh yeah, that last video though, you really have to see because there's a short version and then there's an extended version. I gotta check that out. Yeah, the extended I one I, is like half an hour long. So many cameos of different the, people. See, for me, like my my extent for the BC Boys was listening to like the CDs or whatever, of course, on our little boombox. But then. <laughs> um, Beyond that, it was MTV, like watching their music videos on MTV. And uh, even MTV, then. My thing was MTV too. Because, yeah. like, middle school and high school, MTV was already not playing uh, yeah. music videos. MTV two, though, played music videos all day. Yeah, see, what you what you want is like negative look. Oh, no. Oh, no, this is past the mic. They look kind of similar. They do. They're just fucking around on the streets with colors and stuff. But, yeah. yeah. Um, the one that you need to watch, though, Corey, is um, the song is Make Some Noise, but then the full, like, short version that's a half an hour long is Fight for Your Right vi- Revisited. Full length. And I it check has that out. so many fucking cameos in it that we, Lynn and I, were, we couldn't even keep <laughs> we were up. crying. We were laughing. It's yeah. been a while since I watched it. Um, <laughs> yeah, then we watched, <laughs> we found a video of Will Ferrell announcing uh, the Beastie Boys at... Uh, Irvine Meadows. Irvine Meadows, and he's dressed up as a UPS driver. <laughs> oh, I think I seen like that clip even, of him. Like, talk about it. He just comes out, and doesn't even re- like say doesn't acknowledge about, the acknowledge, uniform. Thank you. But I, we have to watch the dance off in the uh, in the extended I version. We'll do my my hair purple later. We'll yeah, uh, we'll, we'll watch, watch that. that. Um, so I just did my second one. So Corey, what's your number one? All right, my number one. Um, I kind of like sabotaging this one where like. It sort of could be interchangeable, but I uh, get it together. Uh, it was featuring uh, Q-Tip, um, and that was on ill communication as well. Um, and I, I love this song because it like harkens back to that old school lo-fi kind of hip hop sound. And this is the specific song where I'm like, is that Mac Miller like rapping right now? Um, and then it just brought me back. Like I remember this song, you know what I mean? When I was younger. Um, but it's, it's, it is, it's really good. Um, I like it. It's, it, it has that like instrumental sound to it while still being like a traditional hip hop kind of song. Let me ask you guys this real quick, um, about sampling. How do you guys feel about sampling, Corey? Um, I think if you're using it in a creative way and like it's unique, I think it's totally fine. Um, and it has to be purposeful, not just like thrown in there for like no reason. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think it's that big. We have the power to do that on like Logic and GarageBand. You just they Pop it in. provide you samples. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But back then, they were doing it on vinyls and reel-to-reel, and that's yeah. Like, I can't yeah. even comprehend. It's like an art. Recording on tape. Like, I, I, my brain, because I was born when I went to audio school, it was already digital. Yeah. So to, like, think about, like, cutting with a razor and using tape, I don't know. Been there. That? Two-inch tape. Been yeah. there in the studio back in the 90s, yeah, watching people record that way. Was, but how do you feel about them um, taking other people's music? And I like it, it when it's done intentionally, purposely, and has a really, like, statement made. But when people yeah. take an entire song... And then they just kind of do whatever they want over the top, and it's not 
Yeah. Original, I have a problem with that, but I, I love most sampling. I think, you know, it's very creative. And the Beasties introduced me to that. I didn't, I'd never yeah. really heard that before. Yeah. And then sometimes I didn't even, I mean, this is how like buried it was to me, but the, the opening of the, the one song with the Led Zeppelin drums with that big loop. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't even catch that. Like I was like, Oh, that is that Led I Zeppelin song. I get it. I get it. The Levy song. It has to be around. Like, Cause I know he slow, that slows it down. Oh, okay. So that, but in it, like there's something about that, like that whole process was like, Oh, I don't, I don't care if it was, Taken like it sounds cool. Like yeah, exactly. I'm sure some of the static and stuff you I hear on it too was caused. Sampling is if you yeah. take it and you make it, and then the original artist goes, "That's cool." Then you're okay. If the, art, yeah. the original artist goes, "What the fuck did you do to my original like yeah. music?" Then maybe you didn't do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, like ice. Like obviously that that's like the quintessential ripping off with Queen adding one extra beat in it or something. Well, then, well, then you have like Run DMC was uh, like actually got the approval of like uh, yeah. Aerosmith. Aerosmith and that like they toured together and like did yeah. that song together. You and know I what I mean? Aerosmith like, back. So cool. With MCA that. on stage playing like, bass. That yeah. was awesome. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was a great story. <laughs> trying to that. like do the back-to-back guitar with thing. Going, with who the fuck with is Joe this Perry. Guy? Joe Perry's like, who is this guy? But still playing yeah. like amazingly yeah. though. <laughs> so good. So it's good. hilarious. <laughs> uh, nice. All right, Linda, number two. No, number one. Oh, number, number one. one. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, I'm going with girls. <laughs> nice. A lot of sentimental value there. Uh, and I want to say at least three times a week, I'm walking through my house and my husband will be in the room and I'll go, to do the laundry. And I'll go and do laundry or, you know, get in the bathroom. <laughs> like, I quote that more than any other Beastie Boys song. I don't find it offensive. It's hilarious. And uh, it reminds me of my old friend Petey who passed away. So. Aww. Did you did you find it weird it. that they like kind of apologized for they it did. a little bit? They did. They hashtagged, but but they kinda. were still like, it, I feel like it was like a kind of a wink. Like we know it's bad, but you know it's fun. Yeah. Like you know it's still a fun song. Yeah. I mean, At the time we were kids when we wrote it, and it was yeah. If so. if they came out now with that song, it yeah. would not work. <laughs> yeah. Maybe though, I don't know. If they had never written that and then came out now with it, would people take offense to it? Or would they get the con- like the funny commentary? Tongue in cheek. I mean, funny. listen I to the but listen to like the 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 melody and stuff. It's just in like the in the little like bells. It almost sounds like a xylophone like playing it. Like goofy. I don't. I don't know. You can't. That song can't be taken like super seriously. If you are, then I can't take you serious. Yeah, it's it's a silly song. Um. And you just look at who they are and the people they are, and you know that they're like good dudes. Like, if you don't, yeah, I if mean, you don't get them, then yeah. just don't waste your time. That's like, their yeah. Three Stooges song. Exactly. That's yeah. who it was. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's who the fourth That's photo the fourth was. It was the Three Stooges. Three Stooges. Yeah, it was the Three Stooges. Stooges. Gonna bug me. <laughs> wrestling. Uh, now I forgot the second one. It was wrestling. Heavy metal. Metal. Heavy metal. Yeah. Was it a clown? No, I forgot the second one. God damn it. <laughs> Dang it. Stooges though. <laughs> Stooges. But there it is. All listeners will know. They were essentially the three stooges like yeah. of music, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um or I guess it was rap. Yeah, it was it was wrestling, oh, Ram right. DMC, heavy metal, uh, heavy metal, three, three stooges. stooges. That's yep. what it was. Okay. <laughs> That's the Beastie Boys <laughs> in a nutshell. My number one, Corey, you beat me to it, man. 
body moving. I love. Oh okay, yeah. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be specific though. I'm gonna say the Fat Boy Slim remix. Oh okay. That's the one yeah. That's like I think technically on the music video. It's a little bit like longer, mm-hmm. and I think a little bit more pop. It's very, it's very Fat Boy Slim like of that time of uh, like him and Moby doing all those remixes and stuff. People were into that stuff, but yeah, great video um, with the castle and the. Secret agent and the fondue, <laughs> um, but yeah, but thanks, Corey, it, for it, taking my number the, one. Appreciate that. Overall, yeah, for sure. <laughs> one, overall, one of the things like I really appreciate about them now that you mentioned like collaboration is that they were so open to having people work on their music with them. Yeah. They weren't like ultra protective. They were like, yeah, the more creative you know flow we have the better and that's why they were so good because they thank you for mentioning that because that was one thing i had kind of with problem with the doc is they didn't mention mixmaster mike once but and i it's funny because i were watching it and there was kind of at the end they're doing like a montage of all the years and i realized oh they never mentioned mixmaster mike once and he was kind of my favorite dj of all those guys and then all of a sudden a picture like two seconds of mixmaster mike like posing for two seconds i was like what the fuck there he is there he is (laughs) But man, there's like like that track where he calls their voicemail and it's like, hey guys, uh, I figured out how to hook up my Wawa pedal to my turntable. Check it out. <laughs> it starts playing it. Yeah, call it's me back. So we'll figure it out. It's like, <laughs> what? What song is that? Hey, yo, Adam. What's up? This is Mixmaster Mike. I'm calling from Sacramento. Um, uh, I've been wanting to hook up with you. Um, maybe on some tracks. I got some shit right here. People. <laughs> Cause nobody can do it like Mix Master can. Come on! I got the D double O, D double O style. Here we go again because it's been a while. Do me a favor, don't touch that dial. I ride from Manhattan to the Miracle Mile. My name's Mike Dean, I'm the lady's choice. I wanna get next to you like Rolls Royce. Royce. You all gather round, I hear my golden voice. When it's time to run, you know I'll get noise. Cruising like a fan on the glade. He'll tweak your ass across the globe. So watch your back when he takes the stage. Oh, send you off on a naked rampage. Three MCs and one DJ. We be getting down with no delay. Mix Master Mike, what you got to say? Walk out to all the time. Uh, it's nobody can do it like Mix Master Mike can do it. Three DJs and one, or yeah. three MCs and one DJ. I love it. I figured, I, it sounds like something we do as kids. Like, I figured out how to hook my wah pedal. <laughs> it makes sense. Like, that'd be such a cool idea to do. And, and that whole song, there's, I was mentioning earlier, there's no, like, real chord progression. It's just Mixmaster Mike doing samples and a beat with yeah. them rapping on top. There's yep. no chords and really notes or anything, which is... For sure. That's amazing. That might be, like, maybe my 3.5 or number 4 <laughs> for me. I love that song. That's, that's a great, a great video song. Too of the, the video for that song is you, you follow you're watching you're following Mixmaster Mike and he's got this like crazy backpack on like mm-hmm. futuristic and it's he's walking down New York and then it cuts to the Beastie Boys and like in this basement and they're just like frozen <laughs> that's right they're just posing <laughs> and then they come back to Mixmaster Mike and he's going up to like a bar, like an apartment and he tries to get in and then can't get out 
cut back to the Beastie Boys still posing. And then he finally gets in and walks down like three flights into the basement and they're still Hilarious. posing. And then he walks into the room and then into the room where they're posing, sets up his thing, and then starts the song. And then they get in when the song like breaks in, that's when they like stop their pose. And then it's such a live <laughs> performance of three it's DJ great. or three MCs and one DJ. DJ. Yeah. It's a great video. It is. Um, yeah. I, I'm at the. Mm. And I wish, you know... God, that's a tough the, list, man. I, it's this, really hard to make a number three. It kind of, it, yeah, it really brings to mind the idea that, like, music videos aren't made the same anymore. Like, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, oh, I miss the old days, but, like, <laughs> I do miss the the really, like, yeah. guerrilla-style filmmaking. And, it. yeah, there was some kind of art to I that. I feel like, I, I hear you, because there really was, like, a dip for a while, but I think with... YouTube now, there kind of has been like a silent little reson uh, renaissance of music yeah. videos. They've kind of come back with like Vimeo. Vimeo staff picks have really helped with like highlighting amazing directors and videos and songs that yeah. you never see on MTV or even on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I hear you. It's kind of this lost art. I know all the music video directors and people I worked with on music videos, they can't live on it. It's, it's just no, like a yeah. stepping stone. Like you can't live on directing and making music videos your whole life. You have to, it's just like a one thing to get into like commercials and then movies and stuff. Yeah. So cool. All right. Top three, all of our Beastie Boys stuff. Um, I would like to take a break real quick and then we'll come back and interview Linda and tell her whole awesome punk rock story. <laughs> uh, we'll come back, right? We'll come back with a so-so scrutiny right after this.
And we're back, uh, Social Security Podcast. And today we're going to interview my awesome aunt, Linda Jemison Conyers Ziggin, many last names. Uh, but one thing before we go into it, I want to mention again our unofficial <coughs> sponsor, Bones Coffee. I like to do a little, a little second spot for them. <laughs> Bones Coffee. What, what's, what's your tagline, Corey? <laughs> you won't have a bone to pick with this coffee. Bones Coffee. Check them out. All right. So, obviously, I know this awesome lady since the day I was born. You were there, right? I was there when you were born. There's video evidence of that. And she has basically been my awesome second mom because uh, you know my kids. I'm I'm the boy. I'm he your the boy. boy. Yeah. And Ashley is the girl. So, at a young age, I, as, you know, knowing you uh you own this awesome bar and it had awesome punk rock bands that i got to come and hang out with thank you abc laws <laughs> and listen to paul revere in the middle of the day um but let's get into before that before i even knew you linda where'd you start who you know where Where'd you grow up? All that kind of fun stuff. How'd you get into music? And let's let's. Where'd you start from? Okay, um, I'm the youngest of four. My mother, uh, born and raised in England. My father was in the Air Force and uh, swept her off her feet and brought her to California, because all she ever wanted was to grow orange trees and live in Southern California. <laughs> nice. She didn't know what an avocado was. No. Did she? <laughs> so uh, she came here quite. Um, I don't know, on the spur of the moment. They yeah. knew each other yeah. like a month and got married and came here. So, um, But yeah, youngest of four, born in 64. So I had a really amazing childhood, like the Wonder Years, the TV show. <laughs> yeah. That was totally my my childhood. Great that show. That was it. Um, and, you know, saw the moon landing and all that good stuff. And we had, you know, slip and slides and all that fun stuff. Um, super elastic bubble plastic. Look that up. Super elastic bubble plastic. It was this chemical that came in a tube and you put it at the end of a straw. Oh. And you know it would give you cancer now. I saw oh. it. You know what's funny is I saw that on like a BuzzFeed thing of <laughs> 10 childhood toys that could definitely kill, kill you, you now. That's it. I so remember. That was one of, I think yeah. it was like the main photo. Yeah. My husband and I joke about that one. Um, um, yeah. So born and raised Anaheim. Uh, grew up there. Was there until I was about 12. Okay. So let's get into your music. Because it's yeah. definitely music. You're a music I'm, lady. I'm uh, coming so, to that. Um, okay, so but you know, let's you're getting into like right before into high school. What music are you listening to? Who got you into music? That your kind of mom, stuff. yeah, yeah. My sister Carrie, Robert's mom, um, was in a country band when she was 15 and I was 12, oh, and she cool. took me to her rehearsal. And the drummer, no, the bass player didn't show up, so the drummer, who was her boyfriend, got on bass and told me to sit behind the drum set and do this. And he just showed me what to do. Yeah. And, um, and by it's country the, music, so yeah, it's by the end, he said, you, you can play drums. So of course I went home and went, I'm playing drums, mom. I need a drum set. <laughs> and so he basically told me what my future was. And uh, I got my first drum set. It was made from paneling. <laughs> there was no name brand on it. Literally wood paneling, double bass. From Sears. Something like that. Probably got it out of like the classified ads. It was a hundred dollars. Played that for a year. Back then, that's a lot of money. Yeah, played that for a year, and then I convinced my mom that I was a real drummer. So she bought me a beautiful blue sparkle Ludwig, nice '70s kit. Played that. Got into uh, you know a couple of like rockabilly bands, a couple of like funny bands in high school, and then I got my first punk band when I was seventeen, called Humane Restraint. 
That's which a good, that's a good name. came off of a belt buckle from an actual insane asylum. That's awesome. That's one thing we've got to do on this podcast is when we have these awesome people that have been in bands, we got to judge their band names. Yeah. Being you mean restraint is awesome. Bands. Sorry, it is. But we got yeah. That's a that's a good one. It's a good one. Being a and punk this, band, that's a good one. And if it has a story, then it is definitely a good name. Like yes. if your if your you know band name has a story, you know it's a good one, yes. right? So, uh, we had a female singer slash bass player who was amazing. Ooh. She was gorgeous. She's uh, single. <laughs> She's still around. She right. loves Nana. She loves her oh, okay. mom. Um, so that was like my first induction. Maybe a year I was in that band. Um, we had um, a song called Reagan's the One because Ronald Reagan was president and we were like anti-Reagan. Hey, yeah. I know you're anti-Reagan, but you might want to be, be pro-Reagan right now because the Reagan family just released a statement to the Trump People saying, stop mentioning Reagan in your fucking speeches and stuff because we don't want to be associated with you. That's hilarious. So I'm a pretty middle of the road Democrat, but I am pro Bush. I am pro Reagan. I am yeah. pro every Republican that's oh, ever so been. Wait, you were pro Reagan at no, the time? No, oh. no, no, no. Oh. But now I am. Now you are. Because yeah, of well, Trump. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because of Trump. I'll choose take one. Yeah. Fuck that actor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that cowboy actor. If you watch the show The Americans, which I'm watching right now, yeah. it's kind of funny because they're. It takes place from 82 to like, I don't know, 80, 89 or something. So I was playing in this punk band while the show was on and they're dissing Reagan. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. with the Russians dissing yeah. Reagan. And anyway, F the power. Um, Corey, <laughs> so, have you seen that show? Uh, the Americans? No. Yeah. Is it like a newer show? No. No. We or is it, was it going on at that time? 2014, like, I think it started. 13 oh, okay. Or 14. It's yeah. in like a uh, yeah. It was on FX. I think you and I should probably watch it and then yeah. we review it. We do like a mini soda. I'm it assuming it would be on Hulu then because of uh, FX. It's on Netflix right now. Okay, good. See, I'm gonna check that's it out. what I thought too, Corey. Yeah. I said the same thing when she said it was on yeah. Netflix. Like, I'm surprised it's not on Hulu. So weird. All the FX stuff goes to Hulu. I'd love to come back and help sunny. you review that because yes, we're in season five be, right now. And I'm, I, you're you definitely going to be on this podcast again. <laughs> Yay. For sorry. sure. Sorry, Linda. Oh, wait. <laughs> so. Okay, uh, so then I joined a band called Convicted uh, after that. Which why do I feel like I've heard that name? Convicted. Because they're a famous punk band, Corey, obviously. From Orange we County. Jemison, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I've lived here my whole <laughs> but life. that's a good so Convicted. Yeah. That's awesome. I remember going for the tryout in a uh, business complex in a really, like, skeezy neighborhood <laughs> in, I don't know, Cyprus or something. It was near where you lived when you were a baby. It was kind of sad. <laughs> Stanton. <laughs> Cyprus. Stanton. Uh, and I remember trying out. And, uh, and I got the gig and I'm like, I wonder if they gave me the gig. Cause I had a really cool van. You know? <laughs> gotta she, have the cool van. van. If I, what, that would what, be a, that'd be a bonus if I what, was hiring a drummer. Okay. What color you was your, okay, what so color was yeah. your van? Two-tone brown, 1972 nice. Econo line Ford van. <laughs> Refrigerator sink, bed that turned into a table, like cupboards. Ow. I lived in it. Bow, bow. In That's Hollywood a perfect tour van. That's a good one. Yeah, it was a sweet van. So um, so then I was very well accepted by this group, and it was fun. And that's how I met one of my oldest friends in the world, Brad Jackman. He's a bass player. That's when you first met Brad Jackman? Yeah, yeah. Famous down solum, scolum? Slalom. Slalom. He's uh, a world champion slalom skateboarder. If you've never seen that type of skateboarding, it's crazy. It's crazy. I have no idea how human bodies and ankles and, and knees yeah. can do that and hips. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's and he a cool still dude. competes, and he's my age, so he's like he's a badass. Wow, Brad Jackman. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, and I, I played in that band for about a year, I think, and then. And then I found Seven Seas Nightclub in Hollywood. And I dropped everything in my life, got in my van, drove up to Hollywood, and got a job at this nightclub using Robert's mother's ID. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Because her name was Carrie Lynn. And I'm like, oh, my middle name is Lynn, but I go by Linda. And they're like, whatever. Oh, that's good. I've never heard that. That's perfect. That's a good little thing, yeah. So it it was, you know, Seven Seas, which is now the Jimmy Kimmel Studios. Is it? That's where I, yeah, that was turned into the Jimmy Kimmel studio. Wow, I didn't know that. And if you do the research, Seven Seas was a really popular nightclub in the 40s and 50s. And um, it was a dance place in 1982, 83. I think it was the middle of 82 was when I worked there. And uh, the owner was a criminal that was in jail. (laughs) And he was part of these murders that took place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that involved John Holmes, the porn actor, and uh, it was just such a seedy place to work. Wow. And poor Nana, she let me go. <laughs> it, God and, bless her. Yeah, it's, that's a well, movie I mean, right there. Yeah, you yeah. got LA, in LA, like, come on, like, this was like... So, the- <laughs> yeah, sorry, Corey. Uh, so at the time, Seven Seas going on, look, who were like the bigger bands that are playing there? You're talking like serious 80s, um, you know... The Cure and Ooh, wow. the, all that dance music you watch that all was that coming too? out. All of that was happening. It was, you know, I graduated from high school in 82. So it was the end of 82 into early 83. I was going to this place called the Odyssey, which was the biggest gay dance club on Santa Monica Boulevard. And it was it was the scene. I mean, that's where you would go. And Seven Seas was like that. Was it? In, is it in like a mini mall? Not Seven Seas, but Odyssey, was, Odyssey. Uh, was at the end of a mini mall. Yeah, it was a big like place. a corner of it? Yep. And it was three I, levels. Oh, I don't know if it's the same place. There, place. There is a very popular gay Hispanic mm. uh, spot, I think, off of Santa Monica. It's over, it's by this uh, Avon Rentals. You, you, <laughs> PAs and film, PAs. In, it, <laughs> film industry people know. By, right, next, right next to Avon, down the street, there's this like... Uh, Hispanic. I don't know yeah, if it's it Santa be. Monica. You but, never know. Um, so. So I ran my, my, my it was terrible. I ended up um, getting fired, accused of stealing, which I wasn't. The manager was. This And, and this is the first time I ever um, had a U2 moment. Or what was that? Me Too? What, what is that? Oh, that was a Me Too. Yes. Yeah, the Me Too moments. The guy that was running the club brought me into his office and said, you know, if you have sex with me, I'll let you have your job back. Oh my and, God. And at the time I was a virgin and I was like, I'm out of here. And I called my mom and I was <laughs> Good sick and I had like strep throat or whatever. I'm like, mommy, she's like, come home. I'm like, okay. So I came home and then I, uh, I got into a very horrible relationship that was abusive, which I didn't figure out till later, but, um, is that, is, that, is that Mr. Bell? We're not going to talk about uh, We're not going to use his name, but... Um, John something. Yeah. John, well, not John, John Doe, Doe. we know John Doe. We're not going to say that. We'll just call him John. John Doe. Moe. John asshole. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Well, well, quick, we're, we're going to get into that story at okay. some point, but on a different podcast. Sorry, a little quick plug for... What's your position podcast, yes. which I'm going to produce soon with Ashley, my cousin. We're going to dive deep into that relationship on hers. And hopefully help some women prevent themselves from yeah. getting yeah. into abusive it's relationships. Dark. Don't want to talk about it. 
Fuck that guy. Yeah. What else you got? Um, so <laughs> a few years into that, that guy. into that relationship, uh, we were, you know, I had a regular job and he was unemployed as usual. We talked like an about asshole would be. Yeah, we talked about opening a bar, and so we went to Nana and Bert, my mom and dad, and uh, Robert's grandparents, and they lent us the money to buy this little tiny shack in Anaheim called the Doll Hut. And the reason we took a shine to this place was because the band that we knew already called the Pontiac Brothers hung out there with these blue collar workers and named a record after it. And oh, nice. That is why we bought it. Otherwise, it would have been like, why would we buy this weird little place in an industrial neighborhood that is a thousand square feet? And um, yeah, so. And before, let's stop right there. Okay, so before you buy it, though, this little shack, which literally what it was, was kind of a depot for train guys. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What Uh, was it before that? Okay, so it was the building itself was actually a, a train stop for train workers back in the 20s. And then it became the Sunkissed Cafe. And across the street from that was actually a Greyhound station. So people would stop Wait, on where their the buses. Freeway is? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because it's right next to the 5 yeah. train, right across the street from the Link, 5. It's Lincoln and Euclid. On Manchester. On Manchester, yeah. And Manchester. It's near, near uh, Chain Reaction. Chain reaction, yeah. Right around if, the corner. Oh uh, yeah, our younger, our Corey and, and Robert's generation will know. Chain reaction. You go down the street, down Ball, uh, <laughs> no, Lincoln, sorry, Lincoln. and then turn right on Manchester, and it's right there. Yes. Yeah, that's where our generation would so know it. Manchester yeah. used to be what the five freeway is now. Oh, okay. Manchester oh. was the road you would take to go from L.A. to San Diego. Wow. And they took it and turned it into the five. Look at huh. that. I didn't know that, Corey. How about that? <laughs> I and did before, not, yeah. Before Chain Reaction was Chain Reaction, it was called The Time Out, and it was a sports bar. And in the middle of my ugly separation and divorce, one of the the people that used to, well, came with the Doll Hut, Al Yost was this old fella, loved him. He watched me book bands at the Doll Hut, and he started booking bands at the Time Out when my husband and I were fighting over the Doll Hut. And I think that's why Chain Reaction turned into what it was. I think because they started booking bands there. They were copying Because you. of Al. Yeah. How about that, There is Corey. why. And then somebody bought it and was like, they book bands here. Let's turn it into an all-ages club. So uh, thank so you, Chain, Al Yeah, Chain, basically. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Andy from Chain. Andy Sereno. You hear that shit? You should <laughs> thank Al Yost. My aunt. There's yeah. a reason you're in business, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, I didn't know that. That's a good one. Yeah. So well, um, in, in the doll hood, the, the doll hood existed before like you guys bought it as well uh, like yes. as the doll hut yes okay uh it was the sunkiss cafe from the mid 30s to 1957 and then it became the doll hut and it was painted pink and it was just a local bar where yeah. people would come and get a drink after in fact my dad told me after i bought it you know i'd go in there for a beer once in a while after work and i was like wow that's cool um <laughs> i didn't know that but either. they really never had bands there like that was not but the pontiac brothers yeah did a record release there two years before i bought it and that's why we knew about it so pontiac, hold on, pontiac brothers who's in that that i know 
Huh? Uh, oh, no. I mean, you wouldn't know any of them. Oh, okay. So just Sorry. Google I know the name, Google though. It, I know the you, band. But yeah. the guys are all amazing, okay. amazing musicians. So Punk I'm, rock, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And my friend Chaz Ramirez produced that record, and he also produced The Adolescence and Social Distortion and a ton of Fullerton-based bands. Maybe we... Oh, let's back up a little bit, because that's, that's a good spot. Let's back up a little bit. Backing up. Adolescence, all those guys. When did you meet them? Steve Soto. Soto. Let's get. Let's talk about Steve Soto a little bit. Yeah. We could talk about him for hours. Yeah, we'll do um, another one on him. But let's <laughs> let's. When did you first meet Steve Soto? At, let's back up a little bit to the listener that might not know Steve Soto, Orange County fucking punk rock icon, legend. I, yes. icon, legend, that, yeah. legend yeah. same thing. Yeah. Bass player, adolescence, Agent Orange, manic Hispanic, Joyride, punk rock karaoke. Everybody, uh, C.J. Ramone's band. I mean, he was. And he, did oh, his he own was, solo he was stuff. all over then. Not like, only like just an amazing storyteller, but just a musician that musicians looked at. Like yeah. I mm-hmm. think he was kind of like a MCA or like a dude. He was definitely like an MCA he was of the punk MC. rock scene. Yeah, because he was not only really good at music, but then just has stories and would do stuff and travel the world. And anyways, I'm fast forwarding. It's all right. So when did you meet Steve Soto? Um, I met Steve actually at a place called the Commonwealth Pub in Fullerton that was our inspiration to buy the Doll Hut because the Commonwealth Pub was being closed. It was on Harbor and like Wilshire in Fullerton. Huh. And uh, uh, that's where I remember seeing Rick Agnew and Steve Soto and, and Frank Agnew and the guys from the adolescents hanging out there and they had 25 cent beer night. And I thought that oh, was 25 thing. cents? Ugh. Yes. And it was Bud, whatever, right? It was Yeah. Bud. Beers. So <laughs> still good. it was closing. And so that was like our opportunity. So when we opened, it was like, you know, the, the theory behind business, supply and demand. Right. So uh, we did 50 cent beer night. It worked. Oh, it worked. Yeah. Uh, and I think we did it on Fridays and Saturdays, which Woo. is kind of silly. And at first we thought we would just do movie night and different things to bring people in. We didn't want to attract too much attention with bands at first. Okay. Um, I'm going to get back to Steve Soto, but yeah. the reason I started bands when I did was because I met Jimmy Camp. Another great legend of <laughs> Orange Dollar. County. Yeah. Um, before we opened, we were flyering. <laughs> Fucking Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Libertarian. Libertarian, sorry. Libertarian. We'll get to that. <laughs> we were flyering a club in Long Beach called Bogarts, which was like the club lingerie of Long Beach, like, or the Where's Roxy, or it's gone now, but it was like the whiskey of Long Beach. Oh, okay, got Bogarts. it. Yes. Yeah. But where where would it be? It was now? off of um, PCH and uh, so it was in a big shopping center. Okay. It was amazing. But, okay. Um, so we're flyering, and this is like two days before we open the club, and I'm flyering, and I, I put a flyer on a car, and this guy's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm flying a new club. And I was shy, you know, and yeah. it was Jimmy Camp and Larry Spears. And they're like, hey, we're a touring band from Texas. Let us play your club. And I'm like, oh, we're not really. They're like, come on, we're leaving town. So they convinced me, and they were the first band to play. And um, wow. and it worked. It worked. We started just putting music in and... and um, Steve Soto didn't arrive until a little bit after, within the first year, I separated from my ex-husband and partner at the time. And oh, you met him after John Asshole. I may have met him before, but but he didn't have an impact until after oh, I got the club from okay. him, yeah. which took about a year and a half to get through the divorce. I had to hand the club over to him. 
And this is hilarious. You're going to love this. He took it and tried to turn it into a gay club. <laughs> Disco? He's gay, too. I don't even know if yeah. he is. But gay is okay. But he was yeah, not it is. not a good gay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when I got it back in the settlement, uh, the divorce and all that stuff, when I came in and opened the back door, there was water flowing out the back door. And he had broken all the pipes. Oh. He'd taken a knife and torn up the pool table and every bar stool. That and sucks. There was orange spray paint all over the walls with profanities about me. So see, that's why we, saw, we call him John Asshole. Yeah. So Linda. Yeah, is, that, uh, that really is, sucks. So think about that everyone that knows Linda that she started this club and this asshole came in took it over and tried to make it a gay nightclub I don't know somewhere. what he was doing but yeah. and then she had to basically start over you basically yeah, had to start over I did and but what was miraculous about the whole thing and the only reason I called it Linda's Doll Hut was because a friend of mine who was part of the beginning of the club said you have to put your name on it so people know he's not here oh, yeah I love that that is so, that's yeah that's that why, makes sense that's why it was called Linda's Doll Hut like yeah. the asshole's gone and guess who took over. So That's we great. repainted, recarpeted, covered the pool table, got new bar stools and people came out of the woodwork. And that's when Steve Soto came into my life and Mike Ness. I remember him coming to my opening night and standing against the Social wall distortion. and look. looking at me going, yeah, I'm so glad you got this place back. You know, yeah. and he was the first one to step up and do all of my benefit shows for Orangewood Children's Home. That's he super was, cool. Yeah, on top of that, everyone, she's not only a punk rock legend, but she also did charity work. <laughs> she's awesome. All the time. So. I think that's, I mean, we're going to have to blame Nana for that, for be, for you being so charitable, right? <laughs> Philanthropist. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you reopen. That's um, when Steve Soto came Steve in. Soto comes in. Let's, let me hear a couple bands that we maybe might know of nowadays that maybe play at the very beginning. The adolescence play. Oh, She's got the shirt. Through, got yeah. the shirt awesome here. shirt here. Couple of a couple of my friends' bands played there. I don't know Have if you it would have been court? No, we didn't, but Chris's uh, band, Death I, March. I got to finally play there. Uh, I never got to play there when Linda owned it, unfortunately. Um, but after um yeah, they redid it, and my, my Adrena band played there, and it was great. It was fun. It actually had a stage. Yeah. <laughs> they had a resin stage. <laughs> That's fun. In the corner, you never had a stage. Um, but yeah, Linda, let's. Um, well, who is your friend's band, Corey? They were called Death March. Um, oh yeah, my friend Chris K. And they played a he, long time ago too. They, I think, didn't they? I they might not have, long enough. I don't think they might have played when Linda owned it though. I saw it in 2001. Yeah. Hmm. I think they oh, a little after. bit after. Tiny but bit they, after. Yeah. Death March. Chris K. Shout out to Chris K. Yeah. Uh, Kwiatkowski. Um, yeah. Death March was great. They Dope, played there a few anti, times. Like anti, like all social Very injustice. Yeah. They were <laughs> awesome. So what do you got, Linda? Well, um, what was kind of cool over the years, I was able to get relationships with some of the bigger booking agencies like mm -hmm. William Morris and all those. And they would call me and say, Hey, we've, we just signed a new band and they're from another place and they just need to play. Can you put them on a show? So we'd end up getting some pretty amazing bands before they actually hit. We were talking, who were we talking about earlier? Weezer. Weezer. Uh, Weezer we'll played? Let's we'll, we'll, we'll talk about OC bands. So like, no doubt, no, no doubt, doubt, never played. No doubt, never played the doll hut. No. And people think they did. And it's yeah, I think fun. they did too. Did they but, hang out? Did they but come? They did hang out, and That's I was awesome. funny. I, 
I was having a sleepless night a few weeks ago and I came across that Sunday morning video. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I was like, oh, oh I've yeah. seen that. And I and I remembered they filmed it around the corner from the doll hut at uh, Gwen's grandparents' house. And right at the end, I see my friend Donnie, who was their, their roadie, but I didn't realize that um, the That's singer time. from the specials was the star of the video with Gwen. Uh-huh. So I'm like, hey, Donnie, I forgot about this. And he's wearing a doll hut shirt in the video. So I'm like, uh, thanks, awesome. Donnie. And he's like, hey, you know, we came in the bar after that and we hung out with like the specials and all these different people. I'm like, oh, I love you. And oh, I, no big deal. I no totally, down the specials, hung out at my aunt's I totally bar, everybody. Forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Well, I mean, this so was because, awesome. and this would have been like when um, Gwen was like, well, this ba- was like new broke. to the band, like, right? This Maybe. was the first record, the, the record that broke. Okay, yeah. so they they were on that that, that record. I mean, that music video was on Dan and TV. For yes, sure. yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. awesome. It, it was pretty low key video. It's kind yeah. of funny. It's kind of Beastie Boysy. Yeah, yeah. Kind, a bit. Kind so of. Social D, Mike Ness, like we mentioned. What I loved about SD is they we had a studio across the street that we'd rent out to people to re- just rehearse in, and SD used it for quite a while. And they would break in new drummers at the Doll Hut, so they were using Chuck Biscuits from the Misfits. Wow. He played with them for a while. So they did a couple shows with him there. And then my friend Randy Carr was a drummer. He did a, he joined for a while and did a few shows there. And then Mike put out a country record and did a few secret shows there. So, but there was one where, um, we, uh, it was so packed. Like we did the first show. It was great. And then Wait, let's, let's stop right there. So people don't know. We said shack. Oh. What, what was the capacity when like you owned it? Okay. Everybody, the legal capacity. Close yeah, your it. eyes and think about being on the Mississippi in 1925 and seeing a hillbilly band. Legal capacity was 49. Oh man. <laughs> We 49 that's tiny like, why not 50 we would peak why not 50 yeah, we'd, we'd peak at 200 wow Oof. and that was that was when offspring played yeah we really or like the we, bad religions bad religion like yeah we'll yeah. get into those guys in a second but when sd played um it was kind of funny their manager jim garno was like hey you know this is an early show it's only like 10 o'clock let's clear the house and do a second show i'm like hell yeah let's do it so we cleared the house and right when everybody was out the fire trucks pulled up. Oh, oh no. So I don't know what got into me, but I was like, I ran out the door in my little dress and my cowboy boots and looking like yeah. I used to. And I ran up to the fire truck. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God you're here. I don't know what, I mean, there's just like, I don't know what to do with all these people outside. I had to throw everybody out. And they're looking at me like, Playing dumb. you're out of your mind, woman. I'm all, they're like, we're going to do a walk and walk. Come on in. And there was only the employees inside. So I didn't get sighted. But we didn't get to do the second show. But wow. it was a successful show. Oh, yeah. There had to be 500 people outside. Jeez. Oh, it my God. Like, yeah, it was. So um, one one story I know of, because um, I would go to the, the, the Dalai when I could. Maybe when, like, the Ziggins were playing or it wasn't so packed. You know what I mean? Like, you, right. I wouldn't go because, like, Bad Religion played. Yeah. And I didn't go. But I know... You had a terrible story with your cat and passed away, right? No, no, no. That's a different story. That was when the Angels pitcher showed up. I was in Europe oh, when Bad Religion played. Oh, Bad Religion. Okay. That was so a different So Steve story. Soto books Bad Religion <laughs> at my club, and I already have a trip to Europe planned. Yeah. So Robert's mother, Carrie, 
goes to the doll hut and is me. She runs the entire show. She's like a more, no offense, Linda, but she's more of a badass. Like she she's is. more punk. Like she yells. She's got a voice. Get she's out of there. I missed you bad kids. religion at my club. You yeah. know what I got? Uh, All I got from that show was a signed shirt. But I'm so glad they played. But Steve Soto made that happen. And yeah. it was like, I, I have only heard the stories from my mom that it was just over capacity and oh, no one, yeah. people were listening outside the walls and stuff yeah. like that. Um, cool. We're fast forwarding a little bit. Um, <laughs> early bands. So we mentioned, um, not, no doubt didn't play Weezer, nope. Barrel, or, uh, social distortion, um, Everclear, Everclear. Oh, they That's mentioned, cool. they, they think no doubt and Everclear. Thank you on a couple of their albums. Not yeah. may not miss specifically your name, but like Linda's doll hut. So yeah. yeah. Um, Offspring. There's a great story about Offspring, right? Where they ruined your ceiling and oh it, man, not on purpose. Not on purpose. Um, yeah, it was the fans. Offspring. We booked them. Um, pretty. I think I was 92. I have the old calendars. I could look it up, but they would play like Monday and Tuesday nights. Like <laughs> really, because so, they, they were local, right? Yeah, like, they were just another band trying kids. to make their way. Yeah, and then they uh, they got signed and they had those hits. And then I started working for their manager Jim Garno as an A and R person. Shout out to Jim Garno, good so, dude. Yeah, uh, he was paying me, you know, an annual fee to find bands, which was perfect in a club like that. So he. Uh, Jim was pretty, I don't know if the band was excited about coming back to play the club, but I know Jim made him do it. So yeah. they came back and played one of my benefit shows like uh, Mike Ness would do with SD. And um, we packed it tighter than I'd ever had. And um, they blew up my amplifier. And, and, and the singer, Dexter, was like up in the ceiling tiles, pushed straight through all the way to the, the you know, Cottage cheese yeah, ceiling. A, that's <laughs> the funny thing about the doll hut is yeah. people who've been there, like in the last few years, it used to have even a, a lower yeah. ceiling. Yeah. That ceiling tile like an office. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and they destroyed those. Right? Yeah, yeah, they they were gone. So, um, but Noodles, the was he the bass player? Guitar player. Guitar. Guitar. Player. I love yeah. Noodles. He was the most he's friendly. A, he's another amazing dude. Yeah. He after the show, he was like. So tell me about this charity that you're doing. I was like, well, you know, um, it's Orangewood Children's Home and they, you know, take care of abused kids. And he's like, I want to write a check. Can I write a check? I'm like, and he like wrote me like a $500 check to give to the charity. That's super cool. On behalf of that. And, and then the next day, you know, my friend at the time, but now husband, took me out to buy a new amplifier that Offspring blew up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, it was fun. We used to like get toys. We did noise for toys kind of benefits. Yeah, We raised a lot of money for a lot of people. Is that, it was a children's hospital, was it? No, we did mostly Orangewood Children's Home. Oh, Children's Home. And we did uh, Orange... Orange County Food Bank, and we did Red Cross a couple of times, but it was mostly kids' still, charities. Well, Red Cross is still around, but are those other yeah. ones still around? Orangewood is, yeah. All right. well, yeah. I think well, I'm one of my official sponsor of this podcast. They have a problem with that. <laughs> well, and FYI, Mike Ness was in Orangewood Children's Home. Wow. Yeah, one of my wow. w one of my cousins, I actually works there um, on my wife's side, but yeah, she works oh. over there, uh, or well, she worked. Well, that, uh, maybe she transferred, but yeah, she worked there for a while. All right, so let's fast forward a little bit. Okay. Um, so wait, after. John Asshole, what year was that, you think? Um, well, we bought it in 89, mm -hmm. and we were separated by 90, and he was out by 92. Okay, so let's, and then you, 
and then it became Linda's Doll Hut in '92. Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Peak Doll Hut. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, that you know, after yeah, like John Asshole was, was gone, what were that, some of those bands that came through? We're naming. I mean, we're still. Uh, I mean, for me, one of the most memorable things I ever watched was I got to go to see Brian Setzer. Oh. play at the dollar and it was solo it was just him on one of his huge fucking Gretch Gretch yeah, yeah. and that play that I think that was probably one of the biggest shows I ever got to at the dollar it was packed and there's some photos of me just chatting with Brian Setzer outside yep. the dollar so in the cool. parking lot um, and that was a charity event um, one, of, one of the we had the nice thing about the dollar is that it was punk blues rockabilly country folk i mean you don't know what you were going to get whatever yeah, some night alternative and alternative some, yeah. Yeah, I some mean, grunge it, was going on at yeah. the time. like yeah. everclear right yeah, yeah. they were alternative yeah. Yeah. it was um it was whatever wanted to play there it never became one kind of music so but you yeah. would focus every night you would make it like a metal night you wouldn't necessarily make a rockabilly band open for a metal band would you no 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 no, 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 no. no. but in the in the early years like right after the when it became linda's doll hit monday was um, rockabilly. Tuesday was blues. Wednesday and Thursday were rockabilly nights. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we would do mixed up things. But we'd have house bands like Big Sandy and his Fly Right Boys. Another shout out. Great Russell band. Scott and his Red Hots. Oh. Dave and Deke Combo. Um, and those were in the 90s. Those were huge rockabilly bands. And yeah. They would, and they would pack. like They would be like weekend nights on the weekdays. Would, would you guys have like... Uh, uh, car shows too. We did car yeah. shows, and we would do booths outside. And, and the Brian Setzer show came about because one of the car clubs that used to come three nights a week because we had so much rockabilly um, got in a car accident on the way out of a Brian Setzer show and didn't have health insurance. So he contacted Brian and said, "Hey, you know, we need to do a benefit." And Brian's like, "I'm down." And he showed up at the Doll Hut. I think we raised like five thousand dollars that night. That's really and, cool. Yeah, we had barbecue outside, and and Brian just hung out and talked he to did. people. And I mean, he knew my name. Like, of I inter- course, I introduced him, and he's like, "I want to thank Linda Jemison." I was like, "He knows my name." <laughs> I know. He's yeah, I remember seeing him at I, the Roxy the first time the Stray Cats ever came. To I Cat- still haven't met the drummer. It's the only Stray Cat I haven't met, Linda. You gotta get me on that. I met uh, Lee met Rocker. Him. I've never met him either. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. We'll get that up going. Lee and and you know. Yeah, Brian are the ones. That, yeah, <laughs> shout out to Lee. Lee, Lee Rocker player. played the doll hut all the time, and the only thing he ever asked of me was a little mm-hmm. bit of Cavorsier <laughs> behind the bar, and I was a beer and wine bar, so the Cavorsier was hidden, and I was <laughs> a plastic cup, and I'm like, here's your Cavorsier. Well, for the rock stars, so you got to do that. Yeah. Got to take care of them. Um, actually, it reminds me. Okay, Hoot Nanny. Oh yeah. Big oh hit, yeah. You guys know Southern California. Um, I think they. I mean, with COVID, I don't think anything is happening. But last few years, they still have had the hoot nanny. But did you do the first hoot nanny? Yes. Wow. A promoter came to me and said, "I have this idea for a, like a roots rock kind of rockabilly event, and I don't have a name for it, but um, I think you can help me." And he was a nice guy, but he, you know, kind of a little smart. Promoters are fucking a little, sketchy. A little smarmy. And one thing before we get into that, because uh, Linda, you're talking, you were a promoter, but God bless you. You paid your fucking artists, yeah. no matter what. Didn't yeah. Do pre-sales, right? Yep. 
no you were the last of the legends of that I know. promotion because then pre-sales if, band, if people don't know if you're in a band they would give you 100 tickets and go sell these or you basically don't get to play kind of thing or pay you play. pay us everything yeah pay to play and Linda didn't do that so I was very anti pay to play I thought it was ridiculous if, even if it was because I, I know you, you, you'd, you'd have like maybe $10 and that's like sorry that's all maybe, maybe sometimes you'd have that well if there was and a, you'd, you'd if, there was a, if there was a guarantee I would pay it okay even if I had to like write them a check and go I'm sorry I don't have the cash but I'll do this yeah um, the one time at where um, I had a guarantee with Hank Williams the <laughs> third. I didn't want to bring this up, but okay, yeah, get into it. And I didn't have the money to pay him. He, he oh man, well, didn't he didn't like there, not play? What happened was I booked him and then he canceled. Yeah. And then I booked him and he canceled again. And then I booked him, but he played four other places before mine. So nobody showed up, but I was going to have the first show. Like I had the first show Yeah. and all these other promoters like, we want him, we want him. Like, no, I have him. He's mine. And then he canceled. And so when he played, it was a huge bomb and he was kind of an asshole. <laughs> and I don't even care if he hears it because he was a total dick. His yeah. entire band and his crew were amazing people Totally whole. Um, so a friend it's of always mine, the singer, always like the lead. And, but you know, you think of Hank Williams, you're like, oh, and he's like, no. But the, a friend of mine went to her house and I don't know if she had a safe or something, but she pulled like two grand out of her house and brought it to me and I wow. was able to pay him because there weren't ATMs at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but she helped me, you know, get rid of them. And then the next day I went to the bank get, and... Get rid of them, yeah. Interested, in, interested to know whether... I know no effects was big at that point. Did they ever play? Yes. Steve Soto got them to play. Awesome. And it was a little bit before, but yeah, he he was really good. I'm not a big fan of that band. Well, not fat Mike is a piece of shit. Sorry. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. But like Uh, back when I I was a kid, I don't definitely don't care what, if he hears this. Yeah. Um, But who does go back to Hootenanny? So, um, you had kind of the side stage, the local kind of the, they had the main, they had two main stages. No, no. no? At first they had one main stage. Oh, okay. And I'm assuming like social D would have been like the main, like one of the main draws for that. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, they've had Reverend the, Horn Heat, Chuck Ooh. Berry, and Jerry nice. Lewis. Chuck they were all Berry. The I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna awesome. name drop real quick because of this lady right here. I've gotten to meet Jerry Lee Lewis. I bet Johnny Cash because of you, right? Yep. But you weren't there. No, I was in the round. My goodness, okay. but Johnny Cash and uh, awesome. Carl Perkins, the Reverend. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't there one, like one other big one of the who? No, I don't remember. I hey, did, John, did Johnny Cash play any of these? No. No, I was dating a fellow that um, was booking House of Blues LA. And oh, okay. He was, he was doing other shows in other areas. And because the shows didn't do well, they call it papering. So he would give me a stack of tickets and I would give them out oh, at the double hut. Cool. So there was a, there was a, a, in the round celebrity theater in Anaheim is what yeah. it was called. And they had a Johnny Cash show there and yeah. it wasn't selling. So we papered it and we all went and hung out with Johnny How Cash. does Johnny Cash not sell, man? Isn't that, the, weird? Is that weird? It's yeah. so well, weird. It was, like, it was like kind of a big it, But it was before yeah. Rick Rubin did those Cash records. Oh, so, yeah, got it. Well, right at the beginning of that, you know, it was, yeah, it was kind of funny. but Yeah. So, yeah, they'd have the uh, back to the main uh, hootenanny. Hootenanny, so they, yeah. stage. <clears throat> then they went back to, then they went to like the side, like they would go back and f- I remember one year they had like two main stages, right? Well, I had the small stage. Yeah, you had them all. And then stage. I had, then they did two stages and I had a big stage. Oh, 
Oh, okay. Nice. And, and a small stage. Okay. And they had the big banner. Behind, yeah, yes. okay. So, I remember that. Uh, the Cramps, um, Chris Isaac. Cramps. Chris Isaac. Oh, yeah. That was fun. That was really fun. Oh, it was a family affair. Like the whole, fa- the whole yeah. family would come out and we'd help sell shirts and yeah. it was so hot. That was so great. Yeah, it was <laughs> Being surrounded by music is just amazing. Yeah. But the Hootenanny stopped, uh, I want to say, maybe 10 years ago. It's I, been a long time. But I think they... They, they stopped on. it and then they like read, they, they did one. No, I know what happened. I know I went to, um, they do like little one off like festival kind of things. I remember oh, okay. I went to something called like ink and iron and it was like on the queen, queen Mary. Mary. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like it was a tattoo festival, but they had bands play. I forget yes. who played. I think Reverend Horton heat might've played one year that, been that I was there. Like they may moved the hoot nanny from the vet, like the, in a the long time mountains ago mountains and the hills into the, it's a different promoter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ink and Iron was fun. Excuse me. That yeah, that I just liked walk, being able to walk around and see all the tattoo traditional tattoo artists. It was awesome. Right. Yeah. It was super cool. So Hoot and Annie. Um, and then let's just end it up a little bit. Then you sold it. What year? Two thousand one. And kind of why? What's why? What's the and just, just so not you know, making money? I use this story before the Beastie Boys did, um, <laughs> but it was like Groundhog's Day. Uh, and I told people that, like, why are you selling the doll? And it's like, because the same bands, the same people, the same drunk conversations, I'm not drunk, but they are. But it just didn't feel like the doll hut was going anywhere from that point. The five freeway was under serious construction. People were having a really hard time getting to the club, yeah. because road closures. And um, there was an article in the OC Weekly that came out explaining, like, and the woman that wrote the article was pretty funny. Her nickname was Commie Girl. And she shames everyone for not continuing to support the doll hut. And the reason it had to go away was because it just couldn't survive. There was no people coming. Even with Jonathan Richmond came and did three nights at the doll hut. This was after something about Mary. Wow. You know, it was like Jonathan Richmond and like crickets. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on. So uh, it was time. And my beautiful Ashley, my girl, found this band called Wonder Love, and I decided I was going to go manage a band. Yeah. So, uh, so I was a little sneaky. I knew the bar wouldn't get me much money if I sold it, so I went to the OC Weekly and said, "All right, look, I'm going to sell. I, I'm going to close the bar." Why do I? Why do I know that name, Wonder Love? Because I managed. Because she managed it. I probably brought it up a bunch of times. Because they were amazing. <laughs> that what was? Oh, don't we have a friend that uh, whose dad was in a band? Um, it wasn't called Wonder Love. It, Gonzo's dad wasn't he in a band? Oh yeah, but that wasn't. I don't think they ever played the doll. What were um, they called? I forget what I they were remember. called. Can we pause real quick? I gotta pee again. I'm really sorry. Oh, okay. Pause. Sorry. sorry. Pause. I've been it's trying to good. hold it. It's all good. We'll get into the, the end of it. I can edit it out. Okay. <laughs> Peeing is good. Yes. We're taking shots, Corey. Sorry. <laughs> no, no problem.
We'll take it. We'll take it from Zombie, uh, Common Girl. Oh, okay. I'm sure I can edit it out. Definitely feels musty in here, but I got myself a Michelob. So, what's that? Michelob Ultra. You have one too? Yeah, because it has like no carbs. That's my beer. I just bought a case of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's tasty. I, it's like super low carb, tasty, low we calorie. Saying, yeah, before that, uh, it doesn't taste like Coors Light or any of those like. Or Miller Light. Yeah. It's a little bit better. I do prefer the bottles. I do too. Can. I do too. Yeah. I think any beer and bottle is better than can. It goes tap, bottle, can, right? I totally <laughs> miss going to the tap, man. I, Robert uh, was just saying that. <laughs> I was telling her that like I, I haven't been really missing beer because I haven't had it on tap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've only had it in bottles and cans. It's not the same at all. I just I, I love um I love Louis when I used to go Louis all the time. Uh, <laughs> Louis on Main. Yeah, on Main with all the with all the thirty three taps. It's pretty yeah, awesome. A lot there. Okay, so all right. I don't know exactly where we are at, but you were saying Common Girl and. Closing the f- f- closing day. basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Groundhog Day. So Groundhog's Day okay. after that. So um, I decided that I needed to get out of the club, and I wasn't sure what to do. And I knew the club didn't have any value as far as financially. So my little conniving brain, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the OC Weekly, and I'm gonna say I'm closing. And I'm going to give you the story if you give me the cover. And so I went to Commie Girl, and they're like, all right, we're going to give you the cover. And so I thought if I could create a panic, like, oh, my God, it's closing, that people would make offers to buy it and make an emotional purchase rather than a financial-wise purchase. So um, I did a really in-depth interview with her, and I have it. She has it. She's on the cover of OC Weekly, everybody. There it is. It's not around anymore. That's, yeah, it's not around. Uh, we'll, you can't we'll, really see it. We'll take a photo and put but, it on um, Instagram. But on the cover is Brian Setzer, um, Jimbo from the Reverend Horton Heat, John Doe from X. Yeah, we didn't uh, give a shot. The girls from out. L7. X, the, did X ever play? Each member played, but, but X no, never played. Okay. No, but yeah. all the members played in different They have a new bands. record out. Shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, Chris Isaacs, drummer, Lee Rocker, Russell Scott, Mike Ness. Um, Offspring. Offspring. Blasters. Blasters. That we I'm surprised. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised like Blink 182 didn't come through because they were like su- they were like sure. around. Yeah, but, but they were San Diego. Wait a minute. They might have skipped. I don't think they're on there. Nope. I think I would have been stoked on See, if I'm Blink. Not even sure. I don't think Blink because they were they they were like a crappy punk. They're still crappy, nope. but crappy no. punk rock band. Nope, they, they probably skipped Orange County, and went straight to L.A. kind of thing. You know what I mean? And they were more all ages. Yeah, so that's pretty that's much true. true. That's why No Doubt never really played. They and, were an all. And maybe a reason why Chain. Yeah. Because they were all ages. Yeah. They yeah. sell beer now. Do you know that? I heard that. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's weird cool. that a Chain Reaction sells beer. It's cool, but I gotta admit, yeah. like I kind of outgrew it. <laughs> like whenever I go, I'm like, yeah, I like my bigger like House of Blues bougie like yeah, thing now. <laughs> like when I was a kid and I could like stand and like run around and. <laughs> 
Yeah, like that was now the we're shit. All fat and we gotta, yeah. gotta stand in the back of the crowd. <laughs> and I have my beer. I'm gonna spill my beer because somebody's gonna bump beer. into that me. That shit's eight dollars. Every every shit <laughs> that comes no off is twenty five cents. But uh, yeah, so, okay. so, so OC Weekly. Um, yeah, so and we do a final show, which was. Well, the, uh, article, well, the article came out, okay. and and the panic ensued. Okay, it did. People started yeah. calling me like, oh, "You can't close! You can't close!" So this beautiful couple that used to come and dance every rockabilly night decided, "We're gonna, we want it. We want to buy it. It's, we want to make it ours." So they bought it, and Blue and Anthony were their names, and um, you know the process of purchasing it went through, which was tedious, I have to say, because they bought the property and I didn't own the property, and it became very difficult. It took almost eight months to close. Wow. So it sat empty for a long time. And a friend of mine, I let him live there while Who? Sean Bestie. He did? <laughs> from Square. Where do you, where do you sleep? Like, <laughs> the like on the bar? Dave on Bestie the of Rival pool, Sons. Pool table. He, he had a van. So he slept in the van. I remember that van. And then he would come inside during the day and he could clean up and he could play music. And he lived in the doll hut for quite a few months. Actually. God bless Sean Bestie. <laughs> Wait, he's and in he's the so rival sons now. No, so so he was in this band called Square, Sean. which actually Sean. And side note to that, their guitar player is James Valentine from Rune Five. Rune Five, yes. And then, uh, but his brother Dave, younger brother, younger brother. Yeah, he's the bass player for Rival Sons now. Who was in Wonder Love, the Who, band I managed after I owned the There you doll go. Hut. And we'll get into awesome. that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, back we we there was an amazing final show. You did a public final show and then like a private final show, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. The public who, pl- who public, played the public one? Public final show was the Ziggins, who she's married to, by the way. We didn't mention that she's now married to the drummer Brad, Brad. Ziggins. <laughs> nice, He's so lovely. Ziggins played my tenth birthday party. <laughs> And your 18th? <laughs> and my 18th. I, I opened for the Ziggins on my 18th. Yeah, that's right. That's and great. And you played bass in the Ziggins. And I did. Yes, that's true. I am technically a Ziggin. That's true. <laughs> Didn't you play like a Deep Piazza show? I played I a like tour with them. I played Deep Piazzas in San Diego and Super LA with sweet. them. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. So because, well, and side note to that, because their bass player was on tour with Miley, Miley Cyrus, Cyrus as a sound man. And like flying in private jets with Miley Cyrus. That's like, hilarious. He plays in the Ziggins. He shouldn't be in private jets with Miley Cyrus. But anyways, yeah. Mar- okay, so final show. Ziggins, of course. Yeah. Yes. Um, Super Suckers. Super Suckers, okay. Which was amazing. OC and man. it just so happened that the Reverend Horton Heat was in town. Okay. So they came in and, and played with the Super that's Suckers. A, that's a big and OC. There were yeah. other bands too, but um, the private show was really special because it was mostly acoustic. So yeah. it was just my dearest friends like Sean Bestie. Jimmy Camp. Jimmy Camp. And... Oh, Jimmy Camp it was with my mom. With your mom. And my mom and Jimmy Camp played Over the Rainbow. Over the Rainbow. Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh, brought me to tears. I vividly um, remember that, yeah. Yeah, uh, All the Mad Men, Glenn Meredith, um, Brad, my husband, got up and did a couple songs. Did he? I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was on video, but they lost the tapes. Oh, damn. Oh. I know. It's before digital. Um, it was all before. It was, so, it was actual tape. <laughs> so we said goodbye, which is great, and then I went on to manage Wonder Love, which was a dream because they were... They were literally a combination of, it was like the Beatles meets Led Zeppelin. And there was, I don't know how else to put it, but they were like. It's pop, like they, that time pop. They, they had the Beatles pop, but 
they also had that heavy, yeah, heavy guitar and drums. I still stand by their first their first single should have been My Submarine. I still stand by that. Denied. <laughs> still stand hate by. that song. I fucking love that hate song. That, <laughs> hate that song. Sorry, um, but they're making a new record twenty years later. Really? So, yeah, uh, we we we. We did a lot of stuff in two years, and it ended badly, which was unfortunate. And they broke up. Um, but they got the open for something corporate and oh, um, yeah. Phantom Planet. Phantom Planet. Got yes. to hang out with Jason Schwartzman. We went to Italy Gosh. and filmed a music video. Yeah. I mean, we there, did some. We great did some stuff. really cool stuff. We did. It was a wonderful time. Sad ending, but we kind of all forgave each other and moved on. And now, twenty years later. They're making a record during COVID-19. They, they never, they, they kept going. Like uh, Chris is in like a very successful, uh, success, 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 successful, successful, successful Beatles uh, cover band yeah. called Abbey Road. Uh, and then Brian does miniature art arts. For, I like, thought you were going to say he does stop miniature motion. golf. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> on the side, on the weekends, Corey, on the weekends. But yeah, he does like the, like the Caroline kind of stuff, you know, stop like the stop motion stop stuff. Motion. Yeah. So crazy. Uh, Dickie Dick, yeah. plays with white snake, white snake. Uh, wow. Dave, Dave yeah. got That's a big one. Sons. And Dave is in rival sons. <laughs> yeah. So enough said about and rival like, sons keyboard, are dope. Player. I like rival sons. Keyboard player. So good. What was his name? Jesse. Yeah. He was doing, is he on this record? Yes. Yeah. Jesse is going to be on the new record. He left the band about a year into me managing. Just didn't like where we were going. Yeah. Which we weren't going anywhere yet, but, <laughs> but we really, we ran the gamut. We, we, um, we, every A and R person saw wonder love and I just don't think they knew what to do with us. Yeah. And it was kind of messed up because, and it's hard to find, a band like that. The Killers were the closest thing. Yeah. I mean, when the Killers came out, I was like, God damn it, that should be Wonder Love. Yep. But, you know, that, wrong it, place, wrong time. That's a good yeah. That was. I, I had the same things when I was doing, like, the peak of my bands, Greater Heights. We talked to all the biggest uh, labels and stuff, and they either said, go more poppy or go more screamy. Right. Like they didn't like what we were. And I was like, well, that's what we are. Like yeah. we're going to change our music just because yeah. you fucking told us. Yeah. But yeah, I could totally have seen them on K-Rock. Yeah. And yeah. So I left the music industry and I was bitter and sad and angry. And I was like, <laughs> I don't blame you. Fuck you in music well, industry. Yeah. <laughs> Which I well, don't know if that was a good example for Robert because no. I think he did that later because I did, I did it. Yeah. No, um, you should have learned from your mistakes. No. <laughs> or your, yeah. But um, it was it's great. It was super great. fragile though, like being in a band and like trying to, you know, maneuver your way. And I like, think that regardless of even if you have a bad ex like history or, you know, timeline of the music industry, you look yeah. back though, there are some great, there's some shows and there's like, I, hanging I would, out with people. Yeah. I would argue that like my band, we were kind of like more or less not doing stuff, but like we had a really good run. Like we were doing really cool stuff and like, yeah, you do, you played a, uh, a house of Anaheim. I never yeah. got to do that. Fine. And it was multiple times. Packed. Yeah. yeah. It, no, once, but it, okay. it was like, and like all I ever wanted was like, I, I would love to do a tour, but it just, you know, life. And, um, we didn't have a did manager. We tour? managed ourselves. Like we basically did everything ourselves. Yeah. Um, did cause Wonder our love ever tour. Not really. Not no, really, just, huh? Just we just booked gigs yeah. around here, so like California, yeah, doing videos and things like that. So but then it, uh, that kind of fell through, and then you moved to Wisconsin. I did, <laughs> but but just real quick to go back to go Wonder back. Love. When that ended, 
Yeah. It was like being heartbroken by four men. Like four men broke my heart. Yeah. Oh, I. And. Yeah. I don't even know how to express it other than I, and this sounds crazy and I try to explain it to people, but I couldn't listen to music for almost a year. I got dumped by my band, Greater Heights, and it was like being broken up with three different yeah. dudes. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. And I couldn't listen to my music or. I couldn't listen to any music. I mean, even tried other bands that yeah. I loved from the Dollhead. It was like. Yeah. And I was like, I would lose it. But you know what brought me back? Hmm. You're gonna, you guys are going to laugh. A year, I started listening to old Cheap Trick records from my high school years. Oh, yeah. And they brought me back. It was like they healed me from mm. those wounds that were so deep. I mean, I yeah. literally, I didn't even date while I was managing Wonder Love. Like, they were my husbands, like my, not sexually, but the, everything went into that yeah. more than I can explain. They're your, and they're your kids. They, and yeah. when, when we parted ways, it was so... I was so surprised and, so was I. and it was like a gut kick. So yeah, it took a while to, to, yeah, I'll get that. It's, yeah. it's pretty normal. Like the turbulent, like just the way bands come to be. I mean, watching the beastie boys thing, like oh. they had their ups and downs and yeah. it's, yeah. Cr it's crazy. The music industry is, but then, it's, then, you know, <clears throat> time, whole, you know, heals all wounds, like as they say, I guess, and you've kind of made up with them. And oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. I only took about two years, met, uh, met, met, <laughs> hooked up with my husband, um, Brad Ziggin, Brad Conyers, um, met him in 1989. We were friends the entire time I owned the doll hut. And then a few years after I sold it, he broke up with his girlfriend and showed up on my doorstep needing a place to crash. <laughs> And I wasn't home. Typical drummer. It was funny. Yeah, typical drummer. I, and, and he lived on the same street, but like three miles down that street. And um, I wasn't home, but he paged me or maybe called me on my cell phone. I don't know. It was 2004. Does anybody so. remember a pagers? Yeah, I read one. I had a red pager. Um, but I said, hey, I'm not home, but I'm down the street giving my friend a baby shower. It's for everybody. Come on over. And literally he walked in the door and I looked at him and went, oh. Oh my God, he's the one. Even though I knew him all that time, like literally in that moment, every woman that looked at him, I was ready to punch them in the face. <laughs> yeah, away from this man, he is mine. So he had a show that night at DP, not DP Yaz's, but um, the one down in Lake Forest. Turtle? The Green club. Turtle? No. Lake Forest. I can't oh, uh, Showcase? No. Nope. No. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I yeah, oh, it wasn't Hoagies. Um, no, Hoagies. No, the other one. Other way. Gypsy Lounge. Gypsy Lounge. Gypsy Lounge. So I went, I went to his show that night, and more girls. I'm like, get away from him, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> but we went back to my house that night, and we never parted ways. Aww. We've been together since then. We yeah. got you, married and a year later. I think it's important to like to, for to highlight your life in music. Like music has been in every facet of your life it seems like from from you know sharing that with Robert and like your family as well to like meeting the person like you love and like you're gonna be with it's like it shows the power of music and I yeah, think it's, it's got downsides I, but it's got a lot it, of upsides yeah like I, I think on the business side of it it can be rocky and like yeah. it can be scary but like on the listener side and on the like the people who love music, it's it's 
great. It's I I always try to explain it to Liz like the music brings out this like emotion in me and I like cry sometimes when I listen to music just cause it like overwhelms me. But like, she'll be, I don't get it. Kid. Yeah. She's like, I don't get it. Like I, I don't I do, do that. Too, <laughs> so it's I like, so, I so I, get it. Yeah. If you, and, cry, if you don't cry to your favorite bands then what are you doing, man? Yeah. Find and a new me, favorite band. <laughs> yeah. And music, funny enough, like music connected me and my wife. That's how me and my wife are married now because of music. Like it, I don't know. It just, it's so important. And I think like your story, like it just, the, the amalgamation of all the experience is like, Oh, like music does really have an impact. It, even if it has its negatives, like me and yeah. Robert have talked about. Yeah. Clo- Close the doll hut was very sad, but then mm-hmm. you ended up with an amazing husband. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I used to laugh like all these people got all these great things out of the doll hut, but Hey, wait, now I got my husband mm-hmm. so a while, but- and a sweet doggy. Yeah. Lucy Dog. Oh a good girl. She's good a dog. good girl. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Linda, for coming on. Um, I really want you to come back on because I know you have so many stories with the doll. I mean, we just kind of skimmed the surface. I would and, love to. Yeah. Thank you. Um, check us out on uh, scrutiny.com And that's all. That's our web, official website where you can see all of our, our episodes. And we got photos. And uh, I got my Ram Art Media stuff on there with some videos and photos and stuff. But we can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook under the SoSo Scrutiny podcast rate and review us on itunes and just download us on spotify because you can't do anything <laughs> you can't rate review on spotify not yet did you hear what they're going to do uh cory uh, uh spotify or yeah they want to tackle video podcasts so they're going to start doing like youtube style video podcasts on spotify that's cool and I think that I think it's one of the reasons is, is Rogan because Rogan's yeah. going straight to Spotify, I nice. guess, and he's very video. So interesting on Spotify's end. Uh, Corey, anything else? Um, this. Tell I a friend. You, yeah, tell a friend. Um, ch- you know, if you're so inclined, check out the merch. Check out our merch, and um, we got stickers. I have a sticker on my mug. I don't know if you can really see it, but it's like <laughs> it's a blended sh- in with the background yeah. sticker. <laughs> it's like a um, like a holographic kind of sticker. It's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I I might add yeah. that I've washed this cup multiple times with this sticker, and it Those has stayed strong like nice. nothing. <laughs> yeah. And just know, if anyone buys anything out of our merch store, you're getting more than you bargained for. We're gonna give you a bunch of shit that you don't yeah <laughs> you don't know about. <laughs> So that's a benefit to buying some stuff. Uh, Linda, you got any plugs over there? Um, What's your position? My niece, Ashley Weller, has a new podcast coming out and uh, answer all of your sexual questions. uh, You know, (laughs) interesting things like that. I'll be on there eventually. Yes, you will. We'll talk about your ass, John asshole. John. (laughs) Check out Roadside Profits, the movie from 1992 with John Doe and Adam Horowitz. Ad Rock. That's one of the other it's, movies he was in. It's quirky, and John Cusack is in it. And John oh Cusack. man, John he's Cusack! Like a patch awesome, he's like a patch or something. He right? plays a nut job, and it. it's really good. <laughs> he always pays a nut job. <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, what's resistant podcast? That's a podcast I'm going to be producing with my cousin. It's kind of like Love Line. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you on there again. And we want you back on here. Thank you. I'd love to. Um, Cool. All right. Well, it's been the So So Scrutiny Podcast. I'm Robert. I'm Corey. That's Linda. Yeah. See you guys later. Okay.